You're in the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. We're returning on the Paracast, this being the first episode of July. Now, normally, first of the month, we have Mark Jackson as the guest co-host, but he's a bit under the weather, so we grabbed Kicking and Screaming. J. Randall Murphy, his uh, co-host. Uh, yeah. Oh, here I am. Oh, are we on? Yeah, I guess so. Here we go. See, we like to do the kicking and screaming bit. It makes it fun. Hey, it's really cool that Mark's been doing the show, but yeah, hope you keep on getting better, better out there, Mark, and uh, look forward to hearing you next month. Ten years ago, almost ten years ago, we had Paul... You know, and his son, Ben. Since then, Paul has been on twice, but Ben has not been on since 2009. And he's waiting in the wings, at least for the first part of the show. We'll talk to him in a moment. I want to bring up a couple of things, first of all. One is very cultural. Whether you're interested in the paranormal, the offbeat or whatever, few of you, anyone maybe over 30 or 40, will forget Mad Magazine. The Mad Magazine is, of course, started out as kind of a comic book, a satirical comic book that would lampoon anything. Richard Nixon was lampooned. Superman became Super Duperman. Famous people became guest editors like Stephen Colbert and Weird Al Yankovic. It influenced everyone. Saturday Night Live, influenced by Mad Magazine. It was also a Mad Magazine TV show. Well, we have always used a reference here in promoting the Paracast Plus to Mad Magazine. When I say for our weekly charge for Paracast Plus, our price, $1.49 cheap. That, of course, mimics Mad Magazine. Now, Ben, you're the kid in the block here. Do you remember Mad Magazine? Actually, yes. My, my dad had a bunch of old issues um, <laughs> just hanging around our library. So I was introduced to it at a very young age, and uh, I was actually, I was looking at uh, the Daily News for today, and I saw that Mad Magazine had been canceled, the last issue pulled off the stands, and I was like, oh wow, that's the end of an era for sure. What surprised me is that Mad is owned now by Warner Media, DC Comics. In other words, the people who own Superman, Batman, own Mad Magazine. It's going to go in what they call maintenance mode, which means... They will continue to reprint the old articles. They will not write new ones. But we were looking at the fact that some of the original staff members from the 1950s are still there in their 80s, still plying their trade. Very interesting. Maybe when I'm in my 80s, we'll still be doing the Paracast. Now, our listeners also know we have another show called The Tech Night Out Live. That was my first online radio show. It premiered in 2002, October of 2002. And speaking of father and son, for the first couple of years, my son Grayson was co-host. Then he went off to college and forgot about me. Then he moved off in 2008 to Madrid and really forgot about us, seriously. We had all sorts of people on that show from Apple, Microsoft. We even had someone who was once the world's or the United States, anyway, most wanted cyber criminal. Since reformed on the show, talk about security and technology. Well, the Tech Night How Live is also going in maintenance mode. I thought it was time that we give it a rest, and I'll focus all my attention 
on the Paracast. I'm working with Randall, Mark, of course, our special correspondent, William Puckett, and greater things are to come. So we have Paul and Ben Eno back. So Ben, 10 years hence, what have you been up to? Oh, quite a bit. Um, (laughs) Well, I went to college, got a degree in audio engineering, which sort of coincided with the paranormal for a couple of odd reasons. Mostly, you know, my my nodding acquaintance with physics, most of the physics of sound. So it ended up coming in handy when analyzing anything in the EVP realm or even, you know, just the study of psychoacoustics, which is basically how our brain interacts with sound, which is super fascinating. And um, I ended up learning a lot more about psychoacoustics or more than I, I really expected to, at least, because um, I found it very interesting when it came to the paranormal, like low frequency sound waves and infrasound and resonances and kind of how it all clings together. And I, I kind of took that and, and ran with it, really. So I, I kind of spent the last few years in that sort of academic realm, applying my, my trade kind of not in a, not in a, a what's what's in, in a mundane sense. So my day job is not what I went to school for, but um, basically using it in this sense where I can learnedly speak on, uh, you know, what I know of physics and how it can kind of bolster our opinions in the realm of the multiverse. Does that make sense? That makes perfect sense. That's actually really cool. And we'll have to talk a bit about some of that, especially some of the EVP stuff that you have analyzed so that uh, we can get a better idea what you think of it from a, a more educated perspective. I don't know. EVPs are weird because the thing I, I don't really care so much about what's, what's picked up. I care more about the mechanics of it. Like, how, how is it possible? And one of the things that I learned by working in radio for a long time, I was talking about radio. So in radio, um, you know, there's AM radio, which is amplitude modulation, and then FM, which is, you know, frequency Frequency modulation. modulation, right? Yeah. So amplitude modulation is essentially what I'm doing now, which is, you know, you're disturbing the air molecules around you and thus creating, you know, sound. So your vocal cords are disturbing the air molecules and creating audible sounds and whatnot and vocal cords are basically, you know, depending on who you are, your body shape, diaphragm shape can change how your voice sounds and how, how it gets picked up by other people, which is why when you talk, it sounds like your voice is a lot deeper than it actually is because of how all the frequencies that are getting baffled by your body parts. So by the time it gets to your ears, it sounds a little bit deeper than how you actually sound. So I think that, I am a nice low baritone, but really in actuality, it's a little higher up on, on the frequency spectrum, which always disturbs me. And uh, it's fun to think about the idea of people not liking how they sound when they're recorded, but I digress. So my point with this is how does a voice get picked up in an EVP? And that was the thing that really was like, you know, I don't really care if it's like a, like a wisp of a voice or something like that. And why does it always sound like a whisper? I I sort of racked my brain and I still haven't quite come to a a conclusion. I have some theories, but no real conclusions about the mechanics of how a voice could get picked up because it's not a normal voice that you hear sometimes maybe in the, in the rare occasion, but that's harder to rule out 
unless you have like photographic evidence or video evidence of no one else in the room, but you, or like, if it's like a very clear voice, you know, like how we're speaking right now being recorded, or if, you know, it's some guy from like, you know, 1827, that's just like, Oh geez, I misplaced my suspenders. Like, you know, I, I, I always wondered how that mechanic worked and that's kind of, it was fun to think about, but I haven't come up with anything concrete yet. Now, on some episodes of the Paracast, we did present so-called EVP sound clips. And some of them sounded like nothing. Gibberish. Ah, that's a fun one. So Isn't there's it? A, there's a fun term that my dad and I like to use, which is pareidolia, which is essentially like, um, it, it's the human brain is a fascinating thing because it tries to make sense of literally anything which is why we find abstract art and stuff fun because you'll pick out, you know, things in it and say, ah, this painting is this, this painting's that, but really, you know, maybe there's nothing to the painting at all. So I've noticed in my, my sort of studies of it that, you know, you'll, you'll go on like YouTube or something and someone will have a clip and they'll, they'll put subtitles underneath. And that is a trick. It is a trick. And we have another trick. In fact, several minutes of tricks. And once those tricks are completed, we'll have Paul and Ben and Gene and Randall. You're in. Top Aircast. We also have swag. You know, we have all these exclusive Paracast things that you can buy. We've got like, I guess, 60 or so different items and entails T-shirts, sleeves for notebook computers, iPad cases, mouse pads, the Paracast Jumbo tote bag, all sorts of T-shirts and jackets and stuff like that for men and women. We have a Paracast aluminum water bottle. All this stuff, you go to store.theparacast.com, store.theparacast.com. What makes it special is that the items are the best quality, you know, great T-shirts, fabrics, and they have our official logo on them. That's what makes them special in multiple sizes and colors. We even have stuff for children, stuff for women, stuff for men. We have all sorts of sizes, like small up to X large. A lot of good stuff. That's the swag from the Paracast. You go to store.theparacast.com, stop by, and take a shopping tour. Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with Reputation Defender. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with Reputation Defender. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with Reputation Defender. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. 
Are you afraid to go to the mailbox because of letter after letter from the IRS? Are they stacking on more and more penalties and interest? By now, you know the problem won't go away on its own. Don't let the IRS chase you to your grave with penalties and interest and liens and levies. You need real help now. I'm Dan Pilla. I wrote the book on tax debt settlement, and I help thousands of people solve tax problems they thought couldn't be solved. I can help you too. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com, danpilla.com. Hey everyone, Proactive MD has an incredible offer for our radio listeners only. Stay tuned for our exclusive offer that includes a free charcoal pore cleansing brush and free shipping. Proactive MD with prescription strength adapalene can heal and prevent future breakouts. Today, for just $19.95, we're offering listeners the three-piece Proactive MD system with free shipping, plus a free gift, the new charcoal pore cleansing brush. Get this exclusive offer by calling now, 1-800-583-8662, or go to Proactive.com and enter promo code radio you heard right proactive md plus free shipping and a free gift the new charcoal pore cleansing brush you'll get all this for just $19.95 and their 60-day money-back guarantee you're guaranteed to get clear and stay clear or you get your money back call now 1-800-583-8662 that's 1-800-583-8662 or go to proactive.com and enter promo code radio again go to proactive.com and enter promo code radio Complement your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to Earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp made easy, clean, and effective. GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right, we cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Paul and Ben and Gene and Randall are back. Randall, before we get back to our guests and the continuation of our conversation about sound, with Ben Eno, you've been doing things with sound too, haven't you? Yeah, and you know, speaking of really not liking the sound of your own voice, I've really been struggling with that uh, because I've set up a little recording system in my living room, and I just made my first music video and put it up on YouTube. So if you go and look up J. Randall Murphy, Earth abides on YouTube. You can uh, watch my first music video, and and if you don't hate it, then I'll be glad. We will try not to hate it too much. Okay, that would be cool. So it's really interesting, you know, when you do get into doing some recording and listening to how a person sounds. Like your whole body cavity acts like a resonator and sounds completely different to the person who's speaking than the person who's listening. So it, it's a real challenge to try to to make uh, something that one hears of themselves sound the same back to them off of some sort of a system. And, now, you uh, have to I, realize, Randall, we all, when we hear our voice in a recording, that's not me. But sometimes <laughs> it's good to hear your voice as others hear you. I do every week when I edit the show, and I've given up saying... I don't like what he sounds like, but I've got to do the show and I do my best. But when I was a kid, 11 years old, I was stuttering. Okay. 
And I convinced or begged my parents to get me a tape recorder. I started using the tape recorder, heard my voice, and the stutter was gone. That was just me. But yeah, it, it is a learning experience. Well, there's other performers that are like that out there as well. Like Donald Fagan apparently had a real issue with that. And the only way that he could really communicate clearly and smoothly was through his music. But just like in regular spoken language, he had a real tough time. But now we're getting kind of off track here and talking too much about us. I'd like to get back to this idea of the whole audio paradoilia. I think, isn't that like called apophenia or something like that, where we're we're like, you know, in the if we do uh, Stairway to Heaven backwards or something, it sounds like something My Sweet Satan, but you have to really listen for it. Or if you put the words on a screen, you can hear it, but otherwise it's not really noticeable. Yeah, it's kind of like that. It's more of a psychoacoustics thing. And when I was in school, I, I took this course and it was called Critical Listening. And essentially the whole point of the course was, well, it was twofold. So one was to be able to critique music in an educated way. And the other was if you were mixing and mastering, like you could pick out specific frequencies and know what to tune up and what to tune down and where everything kind of led. And there was the CD set, which you could actually buy. Um, it's super expensive. But this one engineer, I forget his name. He was like, you know, we really got to get these young people. This keep in mind, this is like 1940. Like, we got to get these young people to know their frequency spectrum. So he created the CD set you know, way into the future in the eighties. And he had this idea of golden ears. And so it's called golden ears. You can look it up, you can buy it. It's actually super interesting. And it's basically a bunch of listening exercises so that you can, you know, pick out specific frequencies and, you know, memorize what they sound like, like a 440, you know, is 440 on the frequency spectrum, 4,400 Hertz. It's super interesting because we did a little listening exercise in our class and they played a layer of um, white noise, which is all of the frequencies all at once. And with layers of pink noise that were like with, and they would do either or, and they would switch back and forth and they do little sine waves. So sine waves, for those who don't know, are um, basically the simplest sounds. So it's just one frequency. Like if you ever watch an old movie, and there's always those three blips like beep, beep, beep with like a, with like a little countdown from like three to one. That's a, those are sine waves. And that's also a count called a three count, which is not very imaginative. But with, with these sine waves, basically, you would, we would listen to these sine waves in class, and we'd have to count out how many times we heard the beeps. So, you know, my, my professor played it, um, and he was like, all right, how many people heard seven? You know, a couple people raised their hands. How many people heard eight? A bunch of people raised their hands. How many people heard nine? mean like one other kid raised our hands and he was like oh that's really interesting you know he was like he was like how many beeps do you think there were and i was like well i thought i thought i heard nine and he was like well there's actually only eight and the reason why you heard nine was because your brain heard a pattern and thought it wanted to hear another sound so it added that in just so you know the pattern makes sense so our brains really dig patterns and it's why we, we love pop music so much. You know, as much as we hate it, we'll still tap our feet to it because it's a repeating pattern. And because our brains love patterns so much, we like to make the world around us make sense. Otherwise, it makes us anxious and scared. So when it comes to EVPs, you know, we try to make it make sense in, in our brains. 
So our brain will hear something and we're really forcing ourselves to say, all right, that voice said yes, that voice said no. Our brains will take whatever we hear, even if it's like a little heh or something, it'll basically say, oh, okay, so I heard a heh, it must mean yes. So it's, it's interesting that this really simple idea of our brain just trying to make things orderly just decides to change what we hear because our brain thinks it's out of order. Yes. And, you know, we get the same kind of visual perceptions, too. You know, we can be tricked into, see, you know, that reminds me of another thing that I saw where, and I even do this in my writing, if I'm not careful and watch my carriage return, sometimes I'll repeat the same word on the next line because I simply won't see the word above it. Mm. It's it's right there, but unless I go back and read it out loud, and then all of a sudden, oh, no, you know, I, I've got to pop that out. So So when I'm editing, I do a lot of backspacing and cutting and pasting, and it's real easy to just miss that. So um, what do you think of the idea that, you know, we were talking about frequencies where we've got A440. There's this sort of debate floating around in the, in the musical realm that, well, A at 432 is supposed to be a more natural vibration and that's more in harmony with nature. Have you heard of that? I actually know. But that is a fun idea. I, I like the idea of... I, I always think it's super interesting thinking about resonance and um, like like uh, messing with low frequencies and stuff like that. Because I know that, it, that like... I'm trying to think of how to order my thoughts here. Low frequencies are fun for that, where they can make you feel certain things based on resonances, and you can even turn it into a weapon if you really wanted to. Like if you have a perfectly square room, and there's one frequency that can't pass through the wall, it'll just keep going back and forth and back and forth until it just gets super powerful and starts shaking things. But I don't know I don't know much about it. I've been wanting to learn more about it. I just haven't had the chance to. So so they're basically saying that what was it A four thirty two is um is is an is a more natural A? Yeah, I'm not exactly sure how, but you know, they go into the history of of who decided that it was going to be 440 that was going to be A in uh, the typical scale that we see. We'll go back to the sounds and the scales and the mysticism with Ben and Paul and Gene and Randall. You're in the Paracast. <laughs> for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Most of you know that heart disease is the number one silent killer in the U.S. What if I told you for just $54.95 a month you could fight against heart disease naturally? At Heart and Body Extract, we've been helping thousands of people get back to a healthier heart. Don't just take my word for it. Check out all of the success stories at hbextract.com. Or to order, call 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. hbextract.com. Don't risk it when you can take charge of it. Fellow patriots, my name is Todd Savage, founder of BlackRifleRealEstate.com. Like you, I was a prisoner of the alt-left sanctuary state until one day I chose to lead my family to freedom. Today we live on a sustainable 20-acre homestead where we shoot, hunt, garden, and homeschool our children without the tyranny of the nanny state looking over us. If you're ready to flee the city to the freedom of Idaho or Montana, our Black Rifle Real Estate team is here to help. 
Go to BlackRifleRealEstate.com. That's BlackRifleRealEstate.com. USA Radio News with Wendy King. A 7.1 magnitude earthquake hit Southern California on Friday night, only one day after a 6.4 quake hit on the 4th of July. California Governor Gavin Newsom says he's spoken with President Trump about the quakes, and he says political differences haven't stopped any federal help. This is consistent with that relationship, and I want to thank the president uh, for his outreach. There was a huge blast at a shopping center in Plantation, Florida, just west of Fort Lauderdale. It sent debris flying 100 yards. More than 20 people were injured, and two people were in critical condition. Plantation Deputy Fire Chief Joel Gordon. We've pretty much completed the search. We believe we've located just about everyone. We are doing what's called a secondary search in the condensed area where the explosion appears to be. This is USA Radio News. Does your business spend $500 a month or more on gas and electric bills? Did you know by making a simple free phone call, you can save up to 25% on your bill every month? What could you do with a 25% savings on utility bills every month? Energy deregulation is now available in your state. Making one simple phone call will show you how we can lower your gas and electric bills instantly. With no changes to your bill and no enrollment fee. This is a free service. The only thing you'll notice is a lower bill every month. Call U.S. Power & Light right now. Learn how easy it is to lower your utility bills for your business and save money. We promise. So if you spend over $500 a month on your gas and electric bills, please call right now and unleash your savings. 800-941-3381. 800-941-3381. That's 800-941-3381. Policies issued by American General Life Insurance Company, Houston, Texas. Not available in all states. For details, visit AIGdirect.com. Do you have a family? Would you like to help make sure they'll be taken care of if anything were to happen to you? If you answered yes, you probably need life insurance. Now, do you think life insurance is expensive? If you answered yes to that, too, you definitely need to give AIG Direct a call. We could find you a quarter of a million dollar policy for just $14 a month, which means you could save hundreds of dollars a year. Call us now for a free, no-obligation quote. 1-800-919-5435. Since 1995, we've helped millions of people find out if they could save up to 70% on their term life insurance. See how affordably we can help you protect your family. Call AIG Direct now for your free quote. 1-800-919-5435. You could save up to 70%. That's 1-800-919-5435. 1-800-919-5435. Hi, this is Bryce Abel. I'm the producer of Dark Skies, the co-author of AD After Disclosure, and you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Let's pick up on that, Randall, and then maybe focus more on the possible mystical aspects of sounds. Well, yeah, it was just something that I ran across. So... There's a debate floating around in the musical community where some groups will actually tune their instruments out of the standard A440 to A432 because of the historical, I guess, the political climate of the times and the beliefs in sort of 
nature and it's kind of not very scientific but uh to some people it sounds better and being very subjective and so i was just wondering if ben had heard anything about that but that's kind of a cool idea though there's always been a mysticism around music in and of itself specifically around the human voice um i know in the early i can say this that i know for a fact in the early christian church they had um there was a saint i think it was saint isaac the syrian who basically said that the human voice is you know the closest we're going to get to sounding angelic or something so there's a really long tradition of chant that is basically like it's meant to sort of create a unification of the senses which is based off of plato's idea of the ideal which is if you can enlighten all five of your senses you can reach the ideal experience kind of thing there's a really fun tradition in the Middle East and the Mediterranean, if, if they still use chant, and it is called an ison, which is basically like um, you sing through, through your nose, if that makes sense. Basically, it's like a really nasally sound, but you kind of force your uh, diaphragm with like your tongue to go up into your nose, and it kind of vibrates your nose and creates sort of a long vibrating note and it functions as like being on the bass cleft while you have like you know someone else kind of messing around you know in the melody while having this e-zone as your bass so that is kind of a, a more relatively modern take on you know using music as a, a mystical entity whereas you know you have all sorts of traditions like um you know the throat singers in Mongolia, or even the really simple chant of like, you know, Tibetan Buddhists or, or something in that realm. But music always plays some sort of a, um, a mystical element in, you know, whatever it is you're doing, unless you're a Zen monk, in which case, you know, music is not really your thing. It's just silence. And even then silence in and of itself can be music. There's always been the idea of, of, living in a higher frequency or whatever i've never found that a good way to describe it just because of how i view frequency but i mean the first thing that my dad always told me that before you begin any sort of debate philosophically or in any any realm really you must define your terms before you can start talking in an educated way about whatever topic Right. Yeah. I'm sure that in ancient times, I mean, they didn't even know what, uh, you know, Hertz was that came along much later. And, you know, in terms of cycles per second of a vibration, they mm. seem to just tune things to what sounded good to them. So they had like in these ancient Tibetan bowls, for example, that would have a certain pitch and they were at 432. And so, you know, the, the new age sort of thinking is that it's kind of the natural resonant frequency of the universe and it can heal people and all kinds of stuff like that. Oh, is that what it's talking about? I've heard about that. I've heard of the whole music healing thing. Yeah. And so there's people that are set up like in the whole new age uh, community to actually do musical healing with sounds and various frequencies. And so it's, uh, you know, I was just kind of wondering from a more scientific perspective, if there's, you know, really anything that you ran across to support the idea that if those 32 cycles per second really make much difference. (laughs) I mean, I guess we're all vibrating all the time anyway. That's kind of how, how, you know, basic molecular physics is that, you know, atoms are essentially vibrating all the time. 
so I, I, su- I suppose if, if there is a frequency that doesn't quite pass through you, I don't know what, you know, would be, maybe it is, you know, you know, for a 432 that doesn't pass through you, but instead resonates, you know, your cells to do, you know, molecular healing. Maybe. I, I don't know much about it to say one way or another, but I think it's a cool idea. Yeah, I'm not really sure either. There's a bunch of, um, you know, you can go on and say on YouTube and you can run across samples where they go, well, this band records in, in this and then another band records exactly the same song at the standard A440. And then they ask, you can take a poll kind of which one is, do you like better? So from a subjective perspective, I, I found actually that most of the standard A440s sounded better to me, but maybe that's because I kind of grew up having to do what you were talking about back at the beginning and sort of memorizing the sound so that you could know what an A440 sounded like. Pretty much, yeah. So then when you're, you're off by like, you know, a couple yeah. of hertz, it's like, yeah, it just doesn't sound right. I mean, it's like picking up like a, sh- a piece of sheet music from like, you know, 11th century England. And it's like, I'd actually might have been a little bit later, maybe 12th century England. They, I think they had tablature then because they didn't have like the formal written music yet. Well, they had formal written music, but it was in tablature and not in, you know, what we would recognize as music today. But all of the scales were all weird. So if you like play a piece from then, you're like, this just doesn't sound right. It just sounds weird. So it yeah. change over time. That's really cool. I do think there is something to music, though, you know, having been in, in it for so long, that there is a, definitely um, an aspect about it that, that resonates with our, well, I guess ourselves, as well as our, definitely, you can feel the vibrations. And, and uh, I think it's really great for meditation and for, it's just a wonderful thing. I just love it. So uh, there's something to the vibrations in it that I think can be really beneficial for people. Yeah, I agree. I remember the one back when I was in a band when I had time to. It was all it was like a, a really interesting experience and I remember experimenting when I was a lot younger with, you know, just saging the room or smudging before we began just to see if that would make any sort of difference in how we would play. And I actually did notice a, a difference in that realm that like we we kind of got lost more in whatever we were playing and we kind of like vibed with it a little bit better i mean i don't think there's anything scientific to that and it's also been like a solid eight years since that's happened but it was fun to fun to experiment with because it's music in and of itself and creating it and experiencing it is just it's something else man (laughs) hey yeah yeah i'm totally with you hey did you drive your dad nuts uh, while you were doing your music or hey paul do you play at all or (laughs) me well i I studied uh, baroque organ but that was not quite the same thing you know if i'm talking about sound actually i'm I'm sitting here contemplating which one of us uh, most resembles uh, alfred e newman uh however uh, that'll be up for grabs the uh, sound experience uh, really took place uh quite a dramatic one with our group uh uh, in May, and Ben was here in Rhode Island getting the uh, studio, you know, getting the studio ready for a two-hour broadcast. We we're going to do on location from there, and uh, hosting and producing that. But uh, on the twenty, the night of the twenty-third, uh, into the night of May twenty-fourth, we had a, a dramatic UFO encounter that we caught. I caught the whole thing on video, brand new NV three hundred uh, Best Guard or binoculars uh, IR, and at the first time out. 
<laughs> that you know that happened. So not a bad start. Wow. But the following, and, and that's I'll tell people where they we got to get into that. Uh, well, I can tell people where they can see it, but for the sound thing can't happen the next night. And there was a, uh, a we call it a tone. There were seven of us, and we, we'd had our group, which includes uh, Shane Searway, Alec, Alec Petticoff, a lot of people you hear on our show regularly, plus two of our, our show uh, staffers, the uh, one of the producers and uh, the research assistant had come in from New York. And we, we were in this garage, uh, their base camp. It's, it's a house where the people very generously let us use not only all their land, but their uh, apartment in the basement so a tone perfect c appeared over our heads couldn't see anything just heard it this sound is going to appear over our heads if we don't break uh, That's a bad segue the worst uh, i've ever done okay ben paul gene and randall you're in the paracast thank you for listening to gcn Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Do you feel like many of us? All the distractions in the world taking our minds and focus off what really needs to get done day to day? Well, Jeunesse has a dietary supplement called Mind to help with mental distraction and it supports memory function. Go to GCNLife.com now to check it out. You're only at your best when your mind is at its best. Go to GCNLife.com or call toll free 844-443-6637. That's GCNLife.com or 844-443-6637. Most of you know that heart disease is the number one silent killer in the U.S. What if I told you for just $54.95 a month you could fight against heart disease naturally? At Heart and Body Extract, we've been helping thousands of people get back to a healthier heart. Don't just take my word for it. Check out all of the success stories at hbextract.com. Or to order, call 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. hbextract.com. Don't risk it when you can take charge of it. Anyone can fall victim to moving fraud. Know your rights and responsibilities. There was never really a valid contract. Movers must always give written estimates. I was bound to an estimate, but it was after the fact. Be sure that any document is complete before signing it, and that it includes information to determine the final charges. It was a version that I had not seen before. Visit protectyourmove.gov to download a free moving fraud prevention guide. Search for registered movers and view their complaint histories. Move with confidence. Jake was in big trouble with the IRS. He owed how much? 92 
$1,000. Ouch. And the IRS left no room for Jake to breathe. They put a lien on my house, took all the money out of my bank account, took money out of my paychecks. So it was a nightmare. He needed help fast. I figured that all these companies were the same until I called federal tax management. You could just tell they knew what they were talking about. Right then and there, I felt like I had some hope. Stop the liens, levies, and garnishments fast and qualify for one of several special IRS programs that could reduce or even eliminate your tax debt. So, how did it go for Jake? They did what they said they would do. They came through for me. I ended up saving an unbelievable amount. I was so jazzed. (laughs) I was extremely happy. If you owe more than $10,000 in back taxes... Take Jake's advice. Give federal tax management a phone call. If they help me, they can help anybody. Call the federal tax management hotline now. 800-503-8625. 800-503-8625. 800-503-8625. Maybe not today. Maybe not tomorrow. But soon, you'll need a plan and place to survive. Forget bunkers. You're not a live underground gopher. You need survivalist camps. The ultimate fully functional, off-the-grid mobile survival bug out house that's well equipped and custom built to outlast any other rv or trailer bold statement you bet see them now at survivalistcamps.com that's survivalistcamps.com trust your family survival to survivalistcamps.com this is leslie kane and i'm with the coalition for freedom of information and you are listening to the paracast what a bad break that was. I mean, I've done some really, really crazy things, and that was crazy. Let's continue where we left off, folks. Okay, so we were standing in, in a garage at our base camp at the Pennsylvania Triangle, as we call it, outside Dubois, rural area. This tone, perfect C, took place over our heads, and immediately we looked at our cell phones, and, you know, what, what did you step on and all this? It wasn't an alarm, and, but it was very pleasant <laughs> to listen to. And it, it led us out through, it, it went out through a closed door. Well, you uh, followed uh, this? You could follow it? Yeah, outside. We followed it outside. Okay. It was up in the air to the right, and then it moved to the left. Didn't change a bit, and, and Ben uh, did a little analysis for us on the show the next day, or, our show, or that Sunday. And uh, then it uh, faded out and powered back up, and then it went off into the sky. <laughs> you know, in, in almost 50 years of doing this, I've never experienced anything like that that I can recall. But the, the thing that was different about this particular expedition, that this was our sixth time out there uh, in that, uh, uh, that, that base camp and, and that area. Um, I had, the previous night before the UFO sighting, I'd been up in the field where I had my Bigfoot sighting in September of 16, and I decided to use some music. Now there's some very uh, there's a composer I happen to like, and it's it's um, a Morden Lauridson. He's a Scandinavian American composer who uh, writes some very very different music and, and with, with an amazing use of dissonance. And he writes some liturgical music and just just some beautiful stuff in in Spanish, French, uh, English, uh, I presume Scandinavian languages as well. And I just played that, and I, and I have a my particular phone is pretty high quality, so it, it just kind of went out over the field and uh after a few minutes all the, these these white lights started to explode or pop i couldn't hear it but they would they would just go off around my my truck i was sticking out through the moon roof and doing this so we um we started to take up our positions we generally will we'll stake out certain areas and sleep we sleep in our trucks and there's an rv and all and uh, shane searway whom if you haven't had him on your show you should uh, he's our our favorite guest co-host sometimes for open line shows he just had the feeling that, that we should skywatch that 
We'd never really done that. So we came up to the house and there were, there were four of us plus the, one of the homeowners. And we were you know, having a nice time. We had a little fire going. All of a sudden, um, I think it was Alexander first noticed it, Alexander Petikoff, the, the filmmaker. And he pointed out, I said, what's that? And, and I looked up and, uh, you know, I used to be hanging around with Cessnas and, and Pipers. You know, you have landing lights and stuff that, you know, we'll, we'll put on before you land. And it looked as though it was coming in through a haze, but it was a perfect, it was a crystal clear night. There shouldn't have been any fog or haze. Uh, this is glowing. And um, there was another object that came out of it and moved with it. And in the video, you can see the difference between them, that and the stars. This went on for like almost three minutes. And if people want to see the video, that they can go, if they go to behindtheparanormal.com, our show site, uh, look in the show archives for 2019. The show for May 26th is the two-hour special we did that Sunday. Uh, and it, within the first 15 minutes or so, we show uh, that video. And it's, uh, it's quite striking. Uh, we're kind of sitting on it. We don't want it to turn up on big media just yet. So uh, we'll be using it in our fall lectures and stuff. So um, the, the, it was just it was just amazing. But but that tone, uh, and maybe Ben can speak a little bit to the tone because he uh, heard it the next day, and, I, and we, we managed to record that as well. Uh, that's also available on the Talking Points page uh, for that particular show. Anybody who was watching the TV TV feed from the studio on a device that, that could pick it up could see the video, but anybody listening on the radio. So, uh, Ben, you had some impressions of that, uh, of that sound, that tone. Oh, I did. Um, so it was, it was fun to listen to. It was great. I enjoyed it. Um, the thing that was interesting about it was it was a perfect, um, I think it was, I think it was in the key of C. <laughs> yeah, it was perfect. C. Uh, it was a perfect, it was a perfect C. And the, the weirdest thing about it was, um, that, it sounded metallic. It sounded like a singing bowl, right? So going back to, you know, the Tibetans with their singing bowls, um, you know, you basically give it a little strike with a little, little, little cloth stick and you run the sticker on the outside of it to kind of increase the vibration of it. But typically, once you take away the stick and sort of let it ring, it, it goes away. Um, but this was, it was sustained for a long period of time and whatever it was, it didn't pass through anything. So there were people asleep in the house, which means that the frequency wasn't, you know, the right, the right frequency to pass through the walls. So it means it was just one tone. So one sine wave that, you know, was, was not, you know, strong enough or didn't have like the right, so it just wasn't right to pass through anything. So when it shifted outside and disappeared, whatever was creating it, was somehow disturbing the air molecules around it and somehow sounded metallic and perfect and sustained and did not decay, which is weird because the decay would basically mean that the note would change and go down, 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 and basically go in fifths um, until it eventually just disappeared. But this just was like, you know, perfect C all the way. Yeah. And then just ended. A couple of other points uh, to, to pick up from where Ben left off, but uh, Ch Charles Credo of um, the uh, Galileo interviews and the Seacoast Saucers of New England uh, was uh, had just gotten into bed uh, on, in a room that was off this, this garage, and the door was ajar, and he didn't hear a thing. He, he wasn't asleep. And the homeowners were in the room above us with the window open, which means that the sound would have been no less than no more than 20 feet away from their heads. And they didn't hear it either. 
it was like it was almost like meant for us. They don't want to go nuts with this stuff here, but it just it was very strange that we heard it, and it was very clear, uh, pleasant, but 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 quite quite lo- you know loud enough so that you wouldn't miss it. So, and I should say that that we we did uh, some uh, musical exercises before this happened as well. We were up on a hill that was uh, at the point of the uh, the Eastern Continental Divide. A lot of people know about the Continental Divide, but there's an Eastern and Western one as well. And uh, you know the water will flow to the Chesapeake from one side and Mississippi from the other. So we're up uh, at a park that commemorated that, Pitch Dark, and I played that music again. Pitch and Dark. Also, <laughs> yeah. Well, it's not spooky or anything. It's really very beautiful. No, I just it was just a bad pun. I'm, I'm just hearing pitch and music, pitch or any. Never mind. Sorry, uh, this is really fascinating. Actually, well, if I could amplify the point, if you were to use puns. Oh, <laughs> we were up there. And Shane Shane Searway was was playing some some uh, notes that he uh, somehow got from Mount Shasta. And he did that the night of the UFO sighting and the night of this other thing. So whether the, any of the sounds or the auditory stuff we did had anything to do with what we heard or saw, I don't know. But it was very interesting. We're gonna, certainly going to try that again. Well, this is totally fascinating. It reminds me, well, wasn't it Close Encounters of the Third Kind? They had the whole <laughs> musical setup, right? That's the first thing I thought of. <laughs> but uh, and it wasn't quite that uh, complex. It just, I don't know. It just, it, it was kind of new in my experience. Possibly E.T. is acquainted with John Williams. Well, <laughs> possibly. At this point, I should think he would be. John Williams has done so many sci-fi things in composing music that at this point in his life, he knows more about it. Well, the question that arises is, uh, and you know, Ben and I have talked about this a million times on our show, you know, it was this a craft. And again, I refer people to the uh, Behind the Paranormal site, to the archives, to see the video. If you look at the stills, there are stills, uh, I put some on Facebook and all. Uh, it, it looks like an artist's rendition of a white hole in space that a cosmologist might talk about. And the object above it came out of it and went back into it. And there, there is a, a darker darkness that sort of comes through as if the thing's a donut. It, it made me think of n- nothing so much as a, as a portal or, as we call, an intersect point, uh, because this is a major, you know, again, our terms, flap area where people see ghosts. They, you know, this is within you know half a mile. Ghosts, Bigfoot. Uh, you know, I myself saw Bigfoot. Uh, Shane Searway saw Bigfoot. Uh, we have these UFO sightings. Uh, shadow people, things that don't even have names yet are all happening in these flap areas. And we're working on six flap areas at the moment. This is the one that's getting the headlines at the moment. So uh, was this really a craft? Uh, Could it be, uh, there was some speculation uh, that some of these uh, aerial phenomena are living things. Uh, Carl Sagan speculated about the possibility of of plasma-based life forms, you know, albeit on other planets, you know, living in somebody's atmosphere. Uh, These are all possibilities, but it just struck me like an intersect point. And, you know, naturally, we did our due diligence. You know, we checked flight patterns. I mean, there's an airport. There's a this is Dubois, Pennsylvania. It's not very big. There's one airport with an affiliate of American Airlines that flies in and out of there once a day. You know, nowhere near this. The moon was would rise uh, like at quarter past three. Th- that morning it wasn't uh anywhere near rising at that point so uh there um i mean it just it was one of the most amazing experiences i've ever had and i've had a lot of them cool. okay, we have to break in 20 seconds we'll, we'll continue with that i might ask one thing before randall continues okay. the discussion but it's break time let me see what i could break uh this pencil i don't have a pencil so i wanted to break a pencil 
Paul Eno, Ben Eno, Gene Steinberg, Jay Randall, Murphy, you're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. When you have a pain in the neck, a real pain in the neck, back, shoulder, or legs, you now have two convenient choices to get fast relief without taking another pill. Because now, Sunny Bay heating wraps and pillows are available at both Amazon and Walmart. Yes. See Sunny Bay's four-and-a-half to five-star customer reviews on Amazon.com or Walmart.com. Our microwavable heat wraps, heatable neck pillows, and extra-large body wraps are designed better for perfect support support where and when you need it. Even while driving, Sunny Bay wraps will not burn and stay balanced to provide soothing hot or cold therapy to help treat temporary or chronic pain. And the best part, Sunny Bay quality products started under $20. Join thousands of happy customers and see why Sunny Bay products have a lifetime 100% positive rating on both Amazon and Etsy. It's easy. Click Amazon or Walmart and search today for Sunny Bay. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Now, unfortunately, the first third of the show is all you're going to hear of Ben Eno this time, and we hope it won't be another 10 years. So you have to leave us, right? I do, I do. The mundane world is calling to me, literally. Well, Ben, it was a lot of fun. So uh, maybe we can get you on for a short segment of After the Paracast sometime in the future, something like that. But uh, it was uh, totally cool having you on the show. Yeah, it was great being here. Hopefully it's not going to be another 10 years. <laughs> we'll see you in 2029. No, we will not. Thanks, Ben. I wanted to mention something to Paul Eno when we were talking about UFOs being living creatures. And there are two concepts I think about. One is from the late Trevor James Constable about giant amoebas or something. And then the concept in a TV sci-fi series called Farscape, where there was a race of beings who appeared to be spaceships. And you go in them, you can fly them, you could set up crew quarters and everything. But the core thing is that the spaceship itself was alive. Paul? 
Yeah, I think that there may be something to that. Now, now, I make an appointment not to watch a lot of these shows because people say, oh, you got your ideas from that. But in thinking back to the Roswell case, uh, some of the, the eyewitnesses to some of the material found in uh, the farmer's uh, field there where, the, where the part of the crash or the crash occurred uh, compared the material to almost to like skin. Now, you, you don't want to go nuts with this either. I mean, nobody's saying, you know, all of all UFOs are, are, are you know, possibly living things, maybe, maybe some. And I'm thinking of orbs, you know, orbs are ubiquitous in this, you know, in what are believed to be psychic photos and all this sort of thing. And we use our own terms to label things so that we can understand them and it may bear no resemblance to the reality as such. So I think that many orbs are very often uh, have, uh, I've seen them uh, in, with the naked eye behaving in an intelligent manner, you know, flying around, changing colors, uh, playing with each other seemingly, you know, they're sort of like, almost like uh, kittens would do, you know, fly around. So when um, th- that does bespeak some sort of uh, consciousness, if not intelligence. Now, the thing with the larger ones, uh, again, we put labels on, you know, a UFO, an orb in the sky might be 30 feet above you. It might look like it's 30,000 feet and aha, a UFO. So I I think we have to take it case by case and uh, try to open the box a bit so we can, (laughs) you know, our consciousness can kind of get out of that and uh, embrace other ideas. So, uh, but I think it's possible that these, these things, some of them anyway, could be uh, creatures that live in the atmosphere that we don't really know a lot about. On the other hand, the particular sighting that we had uh object that was uh, i think in my opinion was uh, some sort of intersect point uh at which things come and go from these flap areas i mean you get bigfoot that i saw myself and shane searway did uh living in this area but but it's not a wilderness area you have uh, areas of um you know uh, some wood lots and you know, maybe five ten acres uh, at most farms a lot of cleared fields cornfields and you know where would a large uh, mammal uh, of you know eight feet tall and maybe 600 pounds where would that hide you know maybe maybe that but that's just my idea maybe there are are ways that that could be accomplished but could they be coming and going through uh, these wormholes as you as the physicist might say or through these these intersect points Uh, i think that's uh, that's something that should be considered absolutely right about that because there's a number of these places around the world where people report that these things happened i know when uh, you know back when i was in my teens uh, t- two buddies of of mine and I, we, I, I swear, we stepped through one of those things, and I don't, I'm, <laughs> I don't think I've ever mentioned this before on the show, but I'm not even sure I'm from this universe. Oh, wow! Like, uh, I'm, I'm impressed. Yeah. <laughs> and and I know that sounds like way out there, tinfoil hattish, but I mean, I I checked out your site. It's a fabulous resource. You know, I by all means, you know, any of our listeners should check it out too, because you guys have been around a long time. And I think I can share that with you and know that you're not gonna think that when I say that that I'm like completely crazy. Absolutely not. I mean, there there have been many times I've suspected that we're moving through thousands of these portals i don't know if that word is good enough but thousands of membranes as a physicist might say you know the uh, electromagnetic boundaries between these various parallel worlds uh you know maybe thousands maybe millions a day and there there are millions of versions of us presumably and a lot of physicists believe that i i think it's to take it to to its uh spiritual and, and and uh consciousness related conclusion uh that would that would all be us 
perhaps all our subconscious uh, is made up of lives we're living in parallel realities, some of which may be very, very different from what we're used to here. And laws of physics may be very different. So had this thing, if I'm right about what it was, descended to the ground, who knows where we would end up out there? <laughs> Could be anywhere, you know, and and uh, a lot of people do disappear. There, there's been an increase in disappearances. Uh, you know, much has been made of that uh, at national parks and in, in all over North America. People are, you know, seem to be vanishing, and uh, who knows where they go. Uh, occasionally, in the annals of uh, paranormal research, people disappear and, and reappear somewhere else or somewhere else. Very often, they they just disappear. I mean, I, and I talked to a group in England that was uh, jogging. And uh, the person who was leading the group of tripped on something, fell over and disappeared. Never seen again. You know, Yorkshire. And wow. <laughs> I mean, you know, what's going on here? I think we're dealing more with uh, a lot more with with parallel realities than we are with dead people. I mean, I, the very first case, 1970 to 72, that I was involved with, you know, I, I saw no evidence whatsoever for dead people. This is like an amazing thing that you just said, because there seems to be such a resistance when you get talking to like people like ghost hunters and so on well it's got to be dead people and it's so refreshing to hear someone like yourself say well look maybe there's another more it might seem out there but like you say the whole idea of parallel universes or living in a simulation is really yeah. taken seriously now by academics and uh like i pointed yes. our last guest to uh I think it's the 2016 Isaac Asimov debate. And that was hosted by like arch skeptic Neil deGrasse Tyson and had a lineup of physicists and philosophers with academic credentials that could not be questioned. And they took this question very seriously. So if you don't think we're talking serious here, folks, go check it out. We are. Things happen that can't just be explained in a simplistic manner. No, it's very true. Uh, it's funny that we're, we're usually invited to speak at UFO conferences, with a few exceptions, uh, as a rule, because uh, it's a lot easier for them to uh, to uh, understand and accept some of these uh, more, uh, shall I use the word, progressive ideas about the paranormal than some of the ghost types. Uh, now, there are ex some exceptions to that. There are some good minds in that field as well. But generally, we're not good for business. So uh, we, we don't, uh, like, there, there's a major conference that takes uh -huh. place less than 10 miles from us, right? There. I know they all listen to the show because they're right in the listening area, but we're never invited to speak at it because, you know, as I say, you know, we're, it's funny, I, I was on the air with uh, Jason Hawes, whom I, I really don't know. I mean, they contacted me in 03 from TAPS 1 because they're right here in Rhode Island as well. Well, I don't know if I wanted to get involved. I said, no, not really. You know, I mean, it's kind of different kettle, the different tree I'm barking up. And I, I uh, we were on the air once together, not on my show, on his. And I really liked him. I mean, I was uh, impressed by his um, his uh, erudition, and I was impressed by how articulate he was. But I just got the impression that he considered me a threat. Maybe that's not fair. Maybe that's not true. But that's just the impression I got. Although he did say that there was a case, and I know that was on one of their shows, and they were on the air for what ten years. That was in some hotel. And the quote unquote, the so-called ghost they were talking to was asking if they were from security. And he said, that kind of threw them, you know, we're always running into quote unquote ghosts who think we're ghosts haunting them because they see us across the membrane the same way we'd see them, you know, glowing or, or spooky or foggy or something. Not always, but, but, very, but very often. In one case in Connecticut, one of the ones who've been working on longer than Pennsylvania it was one of Ben's first. 
starting in 2005 when he first joined me in, the, in these, these zany adventures, there were some people in the basement of, of the, the house at the heart, at least the one we started at in this triangle, uh, who were the, apparently the great-grandparents of the, the woman who was then in her 60s, uh, who had lived in the house. There had been six generations in this house, and they would had an apartment in the basement. Let's break here. Yeah. We'll continue that story with Paulino and more. We have Gene and Randall and Paul. You're in. The Paracast. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Have you heard the warning from the dead doctors don't lie guy? I'm talking about Dr. Joel Wallach. He says if you have a four-inch medical chart, if you take prescription drugs for high cholesterol or high blood pressure, arthritis, joint pains, or other health issues, the medical profession is failing you. They're using you for an ATM machine. That's what he says. He has a free lecture revealing what pharmaceutical companies don't want you to know. There's been groundbreaking research and discoveries on how to effectively treat or eliminate over 900 different diseases naturally. And it's all in his free lecture called Deadly Recipe. You want it free? Call him toll-free at 855-79-YOUNG. You ready? 855-79-YOUNG. Dr. Joel Wallach, the dead doctors don't lie guy says there's no reason why we shouldn't live to be at least 100 and have a great time getting there. Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists, get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and slingbows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of Slingbow, a new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. Warning, if you're drowning in debt you can't afford, do not let the credit card companies trick you into thinking that you have to pay it all back, because you don't. What the credit card companies don't want you to know is that there's actually a way to get debt-free without paying off your entire debt or going bankrupt. If you have $5,000 or more in credit card debt, you now have the right to let us settle that debt for a fraction of what you owe. For free information, call Credit Associates now. 1-800-959-5759. We'll even show you how much money you could save. If you can't afford to pay off all your debt, 
Do not let the credit card companies trick you into thinking that you have to. Call Credit Associates now for free information on how to get debt-free faster than you ever thought possible without debt consolidation or bankruptcy. We depend on your success and offer a guarantee, so there's no risk. For free information, call now. 1-800-959-5759. That's 1-800-959-5759. 1-800-959-5759. Complement your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to Earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp-made easy, clean, and effective. GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right, we cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Before we get back to that hey, discussion you started. I like him. You like I like Paul he, he too. Should be hire, he should be hiring us. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out of the budget. I did. I, I did. Yeah. Listen, the, the salary I get, believe me, you have the budget. <laughs> okay. We do have a show staff that is paid, but uh, just, you know, we, well, that must be nice. Yeah. Well, it took, as I said, we've been on the air for 12 years. It took a long time. Yeah, but it's really cool. So, anyway, look, I, I don't know if we're back. Are we back on the air here, Gene? Are you recording this? Of course. Okay, well, then we got to get back to this house. Okay, we were, you were talking about the house. Six generations of the same family had lived in this house, 1783 farm, 1793 farmhouse in Connecticut. And uh, we had to go down to the basement where the, uh, so the quote-unquote ghosts of the, grandpar- the great-grandparents were, were, no, were nothing of the kind, and we had to convince them that the people upstairs were, were not ghosts haunting them. And, and that kind of, you know, mm. th- there are ways to communicate that have nothing to do with seances and Ouija boards or anything like that. There are, that's all going to be laid out in my next book. It's coming out next month uh, in the August of 2019. Well, right? how, how did you do that exactly? I mean, that's, <laughs> that sounds really well, interesting because well, most people would be running the other way. Oh my God. You know, there's ghosts up there. Like we, you know, you don't want to necessarily hang out with them and like make friends. You want to. You know, either study them or get a, rec- you know, you well, try, this is try to console the ghost. It's just kind of, it's, it's a, well, I mean, you console, <laughs> I mean, you know, we're the ones that need consoling half the time, but this is a house where they would sit in the living room and see legs hanging from the ceiling and, and uh, walking as if on a road in some other world, you know, uh, things that don't even have names yet would appear at the windows and all of, and uh, that, that's what got us started on this whole, you know, looking outside. Uh, and sure enough, other houses in the area had problems and things like this. And there, there were UFOs, which some of which we saw ourselves. Yeah, but the, how do you do this? I mean, Ben, ben operates on a very different level. I don't know, I hate to hate to talk about him when he's after he's left, but he um, operates on a very different level. I, I've tried. I've always been a sort of a scholarly, academic approach. Uh, my degree is in philosophy and I, a background in theology, but I studied a bunch of other stuff in graduate school. So, but I'm not, I'm not usually the, the, the touchy feely type who's going to, you know, communicate with ghosts, but that's not true. I hated writing it because I'm going to talk about things that I had never written before because I don't want people to think I'm a fruitcake. 
And, uh, but you get to a certain age, you know, and, and you think if you don't tell the story, you're not, you're never going to tell it. So I, uh, that's the truth. Like that. And after a while, you know, the older you get, the less it matters, doesn't it? <laughs> well, that's true. But how you do this, when Ben is with me, I let him do it because he's just extremely sensitive and he has conversations with trees and, and he's, he's, and it's not because he's some big medium or psychic, it's because he's in touch with the multiverse. He's in touch with where he is, not, not only where he is in many different worlds, but where he is others, including trees in many different worlds. That's as real as it gets, we believe. Okay. I'm not so good at that. On the other hand, in my case, when it comes to communicating, such as the, the, the things I have in, in the next book, you know, I would sit in a meditative state. And I started this when I was a seminary student, a student studying for the priesthood and helping out in a pastoral capacity at a, a psychiatric hospital in northern New York, St. Lawrence State Hospital, where I was also assisting the priest with exorcism. Very unusual for someone my age. So I sat in what, had, what was supposed to be sort of a makeshift chapel, and I, I would communicate inadvertently with whoever or whatever happened to be around. And if it was a, there were a lot of negative things going on in this place, a lot of parasitical activity or, or what some people might call demonic activity. That's not good enough. In my opinion. But that's how I would do it. I, I have done it very sparingly over the years, but many of the accounts are in, are in the, the book. And uh, it's, it just, it's, I think a different approach. That's essentially how I do it. But, but Ben, when he's with me, will pretty much communicate and I, I'll pick up on it too. As a matter of fact, what we do is to go through a certain house and we'll see if we get the same impressions. He joined me on my theory that blood relatives, uh, I wanted to know if they had the same sort of reactions uh, to the the stimuli that are present in these areas. Matter of fact, I didn't start with Ben. He was too young. I started with a a second cousin uh, who is a really great fellow. We saw him yesterday at the 4th at their lake house. We came um, to a particular library that was having uh, some issues in Connecticut, and he got the same impressions I did. I said, we might be onto something here. And when Ben got older, he was 13. His mom and I had a long talk about whether we should let him do this, but he was a natural. I have him by my side any time from the time he was 13 on to today. And he just uh, has a different approach. He has a shaman- shamanic gifts, although he'd never admit that. He did. Uh, he was uh, mentored by a real Aztec, full-blooded Aztec shaman from Mexico. Wow. Okay. Uh, so this is really cool. So what you guys just went up to this room then, and Ben like sort of kind of m- made friends with them well, down, through down. some kind of meditation, or how did how did how did yeah, it work? yeah pretty much yeah he he goes into these states I suppose you could call a sort of a, a deep trance. Uh, for example, at Rendlesham Forest, the site of the famous 1980 sightings by the military UFOs. We had a lot of uh, listeners uh, over there who hosted us uh, for a lecture in the uh, nearby village at a hotel. And we went out to the uh, to visit Rendlesham Forest. Uh, well, I went out several times, but at night, he didn't even get out of the parking lot before he collapsed in a heap and dogs began howling uh, up and down the road, uh, including the dog that was with us. Wow. I said, don't touch him. You know, if you touch him you know, and, and if you're a meat eater, you, you'll become nauseous. Well, that's a funny thing, but that's one of those things. He uh, doesn't remember being out, but he will remember what he hears in the midst of this. There were a group of monks who wanted him to come with them, which I'm kind of glad he didn't. I mean, who knows what that's about? We don't trust any of this. We'll get the impressions and we'll evaluate, but we don't trust it because very often you have to be very careful of parasitical entities who will push your button so they can eat. 
I found that out the hard way in that, I'm sure we talked about this on the show, the, the Bridgeport Poltergeist case of 1974, when I was, you know, wet behind the ears and a seminary student and working with Ed Lorraine Warren, and I was 21, and uh, geez, this, this was... What a nightmare. And I learned the hard way. You don't become annoyed or uh, anxious or fearful in the face of these things because they'll feed on it and get stronger. So in the same way, we did become convinced these were the great grandparents because they did, their descriptions matched exactly what uh, the woman of the house remembered when because she knew them. She was extremely little. We it sort of lined up. And we, the thing is just to reassure and convince that, you know, you can't really explain uh, the multiverse necessarily to everybody you meet out there, but you can uh, reassure and and uh, tell you, you you develop a relationship between the people and uh, the people. Okay, the two different different people who maybe in what to us are different times and uh, compassion and love. It really accomplishes a lot, and, and and they get it sooner or later. But I don't like direct communication with something that, that's telling you what to do or says that it's a Genghis Khan or somebody. I mean, maybe it's true, but I I have never really run into a situation where it's safe to even believe that so you you take it on a personal level one step at a time baby steps as ben would say but when i do it i, I try to avoid it but uh, i just because it's, it's too intimate an experience i have trouble with it but ben is very good at it and uh, he doesn't do it very often either we don't, very often don't have to so that's essentially what that was about but that that was back in uh, i think that that was 2010 when that occurred that was the same year we were able to get a, a rather amazing video of another kind uh if people want to see that they can go to the behind the paranormal with paul and ben Eno facebook page the first video is this thing coming down out of a tree yeah we got exactly. this thing coming out of your speaker no Not that quite. didn't work out that's bad too i have to stop this paul gene and randall you're in the paracast listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. The Hebo Tea Club's original pure Pouty Arco Super Tea comes from the only tree in the world that fungus does not grow on. So it naturally has antifungal, antiviral, antibacterial, anti-infection, anti-inflammation, and anti-parasite properties. But maybe more importantly, the Hebo Tea Club's original pure Pouty Arco Super Tea builds corpuscles in the blood, which carry oxygen to our organs and cells. Our organs and cells need oxygen to regenerate themselves. The immune system needs oxygen to develop, and cancer happens to die in oxygen. The tea is great for healthy people and can truly be miraculous for someone fighting a potentially life-threatening disease due to an infection, diabetes, or cancer. The Hebo Tea Club's original Pure Pau de Arco Super Tea is only $34.95 plus shipping. Order now at ShopSuperTea.com or call 818-984-6100. That's ShopSuperTea.com or call 818-984-6100. ShopSuperTea.com. USA Radio News with Wendy King. After two major quakes, more aftershocks are expected in Southern California. The 7.1 quake was centered northeast of Los Angeles. Kern County was hit by a 6.4 quake on the 4th of July. In Los Angeles, 
Mayor Eric Garcetti. So far, no reports of any significant or catastrophic damage. We do have about 1,200 customers without power uh, in the Sherman Oaks Valley Glen area, San Fernando Valley. California's Governor Gavin Newsom is asking President Trump for federal help. Mark Gillarducci is director of the Governor's Office of Emergency Services. Huge priorities right now for medical support and for firefighting and for emergency power. Seismologist Lucy Jones with Caltech and the Geological Survey says more aftershocks will happen. This is an earthquake sequence. It will be ongoing. This is USA Radio News. Are you struggling with addiction or alcohol problems? If you're depressed, drinking, and using drugs, you may need help. And the Affordable Care Act guarantees coverage of substance abuse. I knew I could get myself out of this. I just needed some hope and some help. I took the first step to recovery when I made the call. Call the Addiction Hope and Helpline now for a free assessment with someone who cares. Call 800-854-1055. 800-854-1055. I feel like I'm losing control. I'm afraid I'll lose my job or even my family. Call now for hope and help with proven gentle recovery programs. I never thought that I could be somebody who didn't drink and use drugs. I'm in recovery, getting the help I need. Call the Addiction Hope and Helpline now for a free assessment with someone who cares. Call 800-854-1055. 800-854-1055. 800-854-1055. Would you like to get back that full head of hair from years past? Introducing Reveal from GCNLife.com. Beverly Hills dermatologist Dr. Nathan Newman invented Reveal, which contains polypeptides with natural botanicals and no parabens, sulfates, silicones, or dyes for a salon-quality hair growth product. Reveal. Here's Dr. Newman. I have treated a lot of patients who lose their hair and they lose their confidence. We've created a unique set of polypeptides, which we call HPT6. The HPT6 contains contains the polypeptides from six different plants. The scalp infusion treatment should be used on wet or dry scalp. The Reveal hair care system is designed to be used for men and women alike. Get Reveal at GCNLife.com with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So try Reveal today at GCNLife.com or 844-443-6637. Plus a discount up to 25% off for Reveal at GCNLife.com or 844-443-6637. This is Robert Hastings, author of UFOs and Nukes, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Paul Eno ended the previous segment with the words, the thing that came down the tree, was it? The thing that came out of the tree, you might say. The thing that came out of the tree. This is not the thing from another world, by the way. I don't know. Maybe it is. The little boy in the house was four years old. We had just we had just been uh, with a crew from New York. It was very cold. November tenth, uh, uh, twenty uh, November of twenty ten. I can't remember the exact date. But the little boy in the house had said that his invisible friend Ashwar was in the tree outside because her people lived in trees. So the crew had gone back to New York. We were making a pilot because it never gets anywhere because the networks always come back and say, you're too intelligent and you don't fight enough, meaning Ben and myself. <laughs> you know, me, I don't, I don't want any part of them if they want that. So I went out and, and I had the little IR camera and I, sure enough, I pointed it up into the tree. And at, at about six seconds in, you can see like this tadpole-like whitish thing like coming down. 
in the final frame, there's a flash and it disappears. I mean, was this Ashwar, his invisible friend, whom he said was a little girl? So what it, regardless of what it was, we assumed that would be spelled A-S-H-W-A-R. In our in initial reports, we would spell it that way. Well, our intrepid friend Shane Searway, whom I just mentioned in, in the Pens- regard to the Pennsylvania UFO sighting, um, happened to be doing some research, and he ran into A-C-H-U-A-R, which was an indigenous people in Central and South America who were the, the tree people. And who who worshipped tree spirits and, and lived in trees, this sort of thing, and and uh, there were almost none left. But how would this little boy, four year old boy in rural Connecticut, know anything about the Ashwar in Central or South America, let alone have a relationship with one? So I mean, that, that's yeah. a question that's that's quite striking. And uh, whatever it was of the tree, we got a photograph of something there in the infrared. And, uh, yeah, yeah. So and, it gave uh, off heat. Well, presumably, yeah. It, it, it didn't have a red signature. It was Everything was white. You know, We happened to run into um, uh, Gregory Harold from Florida, who had similar uh, recordings that he'd uh, obtained with his security camera in his backyard of uh, creatures or whatever was like that, and also others that seemed to come down out of the sky and, and were, he interpreted as aliens and this kind of thing. But I mean, what, what do you mean by alien? Does it have to be somebody from another planet? Maybe it's somebody from another parallel reality? Maybe occupying the same space or the same the different version of Earth or whatever. They're all everything is out there. That's a really good point. You know, like when I most people when they hear the word alien, they they you know they think well something ET. But you know, like uh, I've been in ufology a long time, and I define it as something from beyond the boundaries and the constructs of our civilization as yeah, we know it. Concept. You know, now I wanted so, to bring up something that's been simmering here as you've talked, Paul. We had a guest on last week, Dr. Michael Masters, and his suggestion is that what we see are visitors from our future. Okay, that, that I don't know, Dr. Masters, but we're going to. <laughs> it's a lot of, you know, what did Einstein essentially prove in 1952, his book Relativity? The essential, very clear point was that there is no past. There is no future. It's all simultaneous. As a matter of fact, I know uh, several physicists who are working on time travel, and one of them has described it thus. You don't move back and forth in time. You move sideways. Now, isn't that an interesting way to put it? So I think that when we're dealing with, with any kind of alien, it could be a traveler from anywhere, any when. Uh, the ghosts, in this case, the, the great-grandparents were somewhere around the 1920s or 30s, but it's, it's simultaneous with our, we only experience it because of our consciousness, uh, past or future. There really is no, is no such objective thing. And the other uh, point is, that, again, that we are, there are many versions of ourselves, and there's a certain unity. As a matter of fact, I, I use a capital U when I talk about it in my books, the, the life, the biosphere, and of all things, uh, so there is no such thing as an inanimate object. There's, there, there can be no such thing as death, because how can there be when there's so many physical versions of you? And the term alien really was brought home to me in 74 when I stood in front of one of those things in this bridge area with things again. Didn't come out of a tree this time. At the, the Bridgeport house in 1974, trying to protect this little girl. It was alien in the sense of being completely other. And it was not human. It, it was not, it was, there was a certain sterility 
about it. But it was very much alive. I mean, it's, it's, you have, it, and I've encountered those things. Uh, they're parasites in, in, my, uh, in our parlance, and they are alien. The best words I can think of. They were, we, we were approaching this like they were, were demons. We had a priest in there. I was working with Ed and Lorraine Warren, who would take their alleged theological approach to these things. Everything was uh, demons. Alleged theological approach. Yeah, you have a background in theology, too. Yeah, so, I, yeah. I read in two seminaries and I was thrown out of a third about a year before ordination because they didn't like my paranormal. Well, yeah, it's, it seems to me that... It's it's all pretty much wrapped up. I mean, the the whole mythology of religion is wrapped up in para, paranormal phenomena. It's like they call some people call the Bible the you know the greatest paranormal UFO book ever written. So yeah, it's, <laughs> it's and it goes a matter of perspective, really. It really goes beyond that, Randall, because you know it's funny. We uh, I guess as soon as I was about to graduate from the the college level Roman Catholic seminary and go on to the theology at the, the graduate level. I left the Roman Catholic Church and joined the Orthodox, Eastern Orthodox Church. That never happened. People were flabbergasted. The bishop had a big investigation. They were very gracious, the, the faculty there. Uh, not only had, had they been very tolerant of my paranormal work, they, they set up special courses for me in abnormal psychology, this sort of thing, for that purpose. And they um, maybe thought I'd be a diocesan exorcist someday. I don't know. But they were very gracious. They, you know, I was allowed to graduate, and I went on to the Orthodox uh, graduate seminary in New York City, St. Vladimir's, where I, I had uh, a number of shocks, one of which was um, something I knew, but it really, it really didn't click, that uh, Orthodox parish priests are married. And, you know, your wife has a, a very important part in your ministry. And, and that, that just sort of, and I said, you know, I, I had gone into the Roman Catholic seminary at the age of 14, when you could still do that. And I was still 14 emotionally. I'd never had a relationship. Here I was 23. That was fun. Uh, anyway, that's, a, that's not relevant to our discussion, but it was very different. And the theology was really um, rather interesting when it comes to the ideas of the multiverse. I studied, I studied Greek for the first time, and you could read the New Testament in what, what more or less the original language. We, we, we really don't know what the original text was because it's you know long been lost and there were mistakes uh, copying it here and there but it was it was quite uh, interesting from the, the multiversal point of view the fact is the bible when you read it in the original languages hebrew greek and, and mark was written in aramaic you've got the multiverses all over it in uh, the very first verse of, of um, ephesians here uh it was it was like uh, paul's writing and uh jesus and, and through him meaning jesus god created the worlds plural and the greek word cosmos means worlds it can also mean universe says but it's plural that's just the beginning right. you know yes. i mean well, i mean even in the in the uh, in nor normal bible well i guess i don't know i haven't looked at one in a while but last time i checked out the king james testament he was saying like uh you know less not man become as one of us you know in yeah. terms of you yeah. know so as gods in in when uh we in the myth where we ate from the tree of uh first of of the knowledge of good and evil right well now that our eyes were suddenly open and we could tell the difference i didn't want us to live forever so they took that tree away and yeah, I mean, it's, because it's, otherwise we would have become weird. like gods like them as plural yeah. except what well, the, the whole the original word for god elohim in hebrew means the shining ones plural right, plural again yeah, yeah. And yes. as a matter of fact, uh, I, I went to study Hebrew just so I could read that in the original, and that was an eye-opener, too. And uh, Rabbi Silverman was one of 
my teachers at Providence, and he said, well, you know, I can't be sure about this. But, you know, the fact is that you've got a female root, Elihu, uh, in, that, in that word, and, and a male plural ending. It's the only, only word in any Semitic language that's like that. I mean, what, what the hey is that about? You know, that's how it, pretty cool. Yeah. And he just goes on and on and on. Uh, We've also, got a pretty cool announcement for you. How is that one? All right. Not so okay. good. Paul, Gene, and Randall, you're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. You've seen crazy diets to lose weight. At GCN Team, our healthy body weight loss system simply neutrifies the body, bringing down cravings. It has been proven that nutritional deficiencies drive appetite for carbs, sugars, and fats. Lose weight the easy way. Find us at GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. Fighting cravings is a fool's game. Give the body what it needs to be satisfied. Again, 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. Fellow Patriots, my name is Todd Savage, founder of BlackRifleRealEstate.com. Like you, I was a prisoner of the alt-left sanctuary state until one day I chose to lead my family to freedom. Today we live on a sustainable 20-acre homestead where we shoot, hunt, garden, and homeschool our children without the tyranny of the nanny state looking over us. If you're ready to flee the city to the freedom of Idaho or Montana, our Black Rifle Real Estate team is here to help. Go to BlackRifleRealEstate.com. That's BlackRifleRealEstate.com. Do the letters IRS give you anxiety? I'm Dan Pilla. I've defended people from the IRS for more than 40 years. My book, How to Get Tax Amnesty, created the tax resolution industry and is responsible for helping hundreds of thousands of people. It can help you, too. If you're a non-filer or facing IRS enforcement right now, your case is unique. You need real help, not cookie-cutter advice. My clients get my personal attention. Buy my book at danpilla.com and get a free consultation directly with me. That's danpilla.com. Let's start solving your tax problem right now. Hi, my name is Lily. My mom and dad used to fight about money all the time. Then one day, I heard them talking about this guy. Some uncle I never knew called Uncle Sam. Well, they say this Uncle Sam guy wanted them to pay him like a gazillion dollars. And they didn't have a gazillion dollars. So they called this company they heard on the radio called The Tax Doctor. And The Tax Doctor worked with Uncle Sam's people. I think they're called the IRS. And they were able to work it out so my mom and dad didn't have to pay Uncle Sam very much money at all. So now mom and dad are happy. And I'm happy too. 
Thanks, tax doctor. If you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS or state, call now and pay less. 800-985-1610. 800-985-1610. That's 800-985-1610. Most of you know that heart disease is the number one silent killer in the U.S. What if I told you for just $54.95 a month you could fight against heart disease naturally? At Heart and Body Extract, we've been helping thousands of people get back to a healthier heart. Don't just take my word for it. Check out all of the success stories at hbextract.com. Or to order, call 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. hbextract.com. Don't risk it when you can take charge of it. Hi, this is Don Ecker, and you are tuned into the Paracast. Let me tell you what, you're going to hear stuff here that you probably won't hear anywhere else. Hear that, George Snorri? I'll never live that one down. Paul, please continue. Okay. Now, I, I have no idea what the brakes are. Anyway, if you look beyond Genesis to the uh, other contemporary creation accounts uh, in the Middle East at the time, I'm thinking primarily the, the Atra Hasis of the Akkadian Empire, which most people never heard of it, but, but it was uh, the first known empire. And then the uh, the Kasag epics of the Sumerians, you've got very similar accounts as you find in Genesis. And if you take away the religious imagery and the poetry and stuff and you get down to what you have in the Kasag epics, uh, Nin Kasag, who was the, the female... Uh, I guess, equivalent uh, for the female compatriot of the Most High. The last actually called the Most High. He is, I guess. She takes blood and saliva from her own people and combines it with, with the, the natives, uh, which presumably our remote ancestors who were living in caves and eating grass and stuff, and uh, makes the, this, this laboring race. And, uh, you know, what are bl- blood and saliva? They're, they're primary DNA sources, you know? I mean, people say, oh, I'm not going to go have my DNA done. Well, if they, they can want your garbage can and get a spoon and get your DNA, I don't know if anybody wants to. But it wasn't so easy uh, back when these things were written thousands of years ago, presumably, or maybe it was. So you have um, a, a vast um, sort of agreement on that someone arrived, because it varies, it could be 8,000 to 100,000 or more years ago, and um, brought some sort of technology. I mean, you really want to be conservative about it. You could say it was maybe the Indo-Europeans, but not that far. So, you know, nobody really knows. But uh, these are things that when you read in the original language, uh, the multiverse is all over. How how did they get here? The DNA, in order to blend the DNA, they must have been virtually identical to ours. That that was one of Master's points for saying that they come from the future, because if they come from the future, then they would essentially be us and would be DNA matches. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, but, but again, future meaning what you're where, but I know I get that, you know, I think that that's possibly true. Or if they were uh, alien in any sense of not human and, or even humanoid, uh, you could have to have stunning technology for gene splitting. Yeah. Or they just created us in the first place. Uh, yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, maybe it's all true. You know, that all these myth, this mythology, there's a lot, you know, we look at it and what we see is evolution. But who's to say that some advanced race could create evolution as well? 
and sure. started off the way that they did and knew perfectly well that after, you know, so many hundreds, thousands of millions of years that what they started would end up the way that it was. And of course, with relativity, they could go traveling off through the stars like nomads, come back and it would all be just here for them. So, well, you, possibly, you know, yeah. it, well, it all goes back to your point that crea uh, yeah, uh, creation and evolution don't have to be mutually exclusive. That's right. Absolutely not. Well, the whole thing, you know, because people often ask me about this. First of all, I get blamed for not, you know, embracing other people's religious beliefs because I figured I'm in the seminary. I must agree with them, uh, which I, I agree really. Uh, I believe a lot of things I was taught in the seminary, but maybe in very different ways than I did then. Uh, so people don't like that. But they also are really uh, kind of floored when we go back to your point, Randall, that, that the Bible is full of this stuff. And not only the Bible, but all, all contemporary documents and pretty much all scriptures. Look at the Mahabharata, the, the poem of India, the Song of India. I mean, that, that's got, you know, flying machine. Matter of fact, we, we have a friend, Ben's, uh, one of Ben's classmates was a, a fellow whose family came from Southern India, part of a very interesting Christian group, very small, but the, 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 there were, there were some uh, a tradition of Christianity in Southern India that's very interesting. But be that as it may, he said, yeah, you know, we had a word for aircraft before there even were any aircraft, and the, the Vimana, which came out of that poem. And to this day, the Indian Air Force if you go to the weather, they'll, they'll, they'll refer, if you read it in Hindi, they'll, they'll refer, or, or Sanskrit, that they'll refer to, you know, the, the various aircraft as a Vimana, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. You know, I don't know if you believe in synchronicity, but this is, this is so cool because in, remember, I, like I mentioned this music video I made. Okay. So this was about, it, it's a lament for mother earth. And I just went through a lot of this stuff while I was trying to come up with clips and I ended up creating a clip of actually, instead of, you know, your typical creation thing with a, you know, a male figure, it's a female Indian woman holding the earth in her hands out of Indian mythology. And here we are on the show. I had no idea we would be talking about this today. So I'm, I'm just blown away. Oh, that's interesting. Well, you know, people think that, uh, well, because, you know, Judaism and Christianity, uh, at least the, the mainstream branches of it are very uh, patriarchal, very, very male-centered. However, a lot of people don't realize, and this, this is not generally publicized, but, but there was, uh, but just as there was Karsag and Nin Karsag, you know, the, the uh, male and female gods uh, who are, you know, sort of uh, at the same period as the creation uh, we're talking about, there was also, there was Yahweh, and, and there was the Shekinah, the Shekinah. Oh, tell who, us I, more. Yeah, well, so it was it was the female companion of Yahweh, and Yahweh is, is just the, the boiling. It's it's a made up word that sort of contained the the uh, the, the four sacred letters of God's real name, secret name. I mean, what is all this about? Who needs all this wow. stuff? If it's, you know, but that's what it was. And you have um, also this the Shekinah was the female equivalent here, who became as the ages went on. And theology developed. This became, uh, in my opinion, the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit, uh, you know, as in Father, Son, and has very female characteristics. And that even came up in the the Orthodox Seminary. Uh, they're 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 a lot less fixated on the cervix compared with with the Western Church, the Roman Catholics, and the Protestants. And they like, talk about this stuff. And uh, you know, they're, they're very male dominated too. But at least they'll talk about this stuff, you know. So, but the, the Shekinah was in right in there, you know, <laughs> the beginnings of of the, the uh, Jewish faith, and uh, 
you still hear about her in the Kabbalah and stuff, but uh, you know, this uh, it really became the, the I think the Holy Spirit sort of um, uh, transmogrified into that. But oh yeah, the the the, the divine feminine was very present in ancient uh, Judaism, and uh, there was a lot of hints of it in early Christianity too. Oh yeah, it was all over the place back then. Like uh, the neo pagan stuff has taken from you know some of the earliest and. You know the moon goddess and the, and again well, yeah. nature her nature herself herself yeah exactly was, you know Mary yeah so it's that's really cool that we got talking about that today uh, I, just yeah blows me away but maybe we should get back to some of the UFOs and stuff that you were talking about too because that's I've been into ufology for years and years as well and it seems like and and uh, this is something from listening to one of your shows uh, very good shows by the way. It seems that this is all connected. Like all of this phenomena has got a, a thread running through it that combines it in a way. And you guys seem to hit on that from time to time. Oh, yeah, we agree with that completely. Uh, what, what happened was, you know, starting in um, really the mid to late 70s, you know, I would investigate a, you know, quote unquote haunted house. Okay. And then there'd be something legitimate going on. But uh, some, at one point, I can't remember just when something said, go on outside, look around the yard, you know? And at one point I got, I got talking to a neighbor and they were said, Oh yeah, you know, you can't often do that because they, they'll either think you're a fruitcake, maybe not so much today, but in those days, you know, you kept this stuff close to the chest, but when you could talk to a neighbor very often, they would say, Oh yeah. And, and there was a UFO sighting right over that house you're investigating, you know, with, you know, umpteen years ago or whatever, the more you looked at it, the more multiple or, or today is known as crossover phenomena you would see. Uh, I'm very often consulted by one or two of the people from uh, MUFON because they will run into uh, abduction cases, okay, where all of a sudden the people are having um, poltergeist activity in their house or quote-unquote demonic activity or whatever. They'll see, you know, great-grandpa who, you know, who died, you know, 87 years ago, you know, after they have the uh, UFO sighting. So, I mean, these are all things that said maybe we're dealing with, uh, and this, that's where we came up with the term flap area, okay, or John Keel would have called it a window area in referring to the Mothman cases of, you know, in the Ohio Valley in the 1960s. Because a lot of people don't realize it wasn't just Mothman, which was a, a term the press gave to this creature. People were seeing flying and standing and scaring everybody with the red eyes and all that. Uh, but there were all, all kinds of UFO sightings. Uh, we went down, we were down there in 03, again, one of Ben's first expeditions. And we were interviewing witnesses and, and trying to get an updates on, because you know, these things never end. I mean, there's always something that continues. And if it's, a, if it's a flap area, it's most likely to remain one. So sure enough, there were still Mothman sightings that most people never heard about. And we talked to some of the original witnesses and, and they had uh, red eyes looking out from under their furniture, growling, footsteps on their roofs, UFOs. And several said that they or, the, or their parents had developed uh, increased psychic abilities. Well, they weren't even interested in it before. That's one guy, interesting. Yeah, and one guy, uh, Andy Colvin, he's written a few books, uh, claims that he, he and his family were driving along, you know, merrily along one day, and th there's Mothman in the road. And he all of a sudden, not Mothman, the, Andy, <laughs> became a math whiz and developed all these artistic skills. Okay, that's a nice way to develop extra skills. Paul, Gene, Randall, you're in. The Paracast. for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. 
We also have swag. You know, we have all these exclusive Paracast things that you can buy. We've got like, I guess, 60 or so different items and entails T-shirts, sleeves for notebook computers, iPad cases, mouse pads, the Paracast jumbo tote bag, all sorts of T-shirts and jackets and stuff like that for men and women. We have a Paracast aluminum water bottle. All this stuff, you go to store.theparacast.com, store.theparacast.com. What makes it special is that the items are the best quality, you know, great T-shirts, fabrics, and they have our official logo on them. That's what makes them special in multiple sizes and colors. We even have stuff for children, stuff for women, stuff for men. We have all sorts of sizes, like small up to X large. A lot of good stuff. That's the swag from the Paracast. You go to store.theparacast.com, stop by, and take a shopping tour. Extendivite really works. Just listen to what some people have to say. About six months ago, my wife bought Extendivite. She didn't tell me she was giving it to me. So after about three days, I said, maybe, you know, maybe the weather's changed or something. I said, my, my, my legs feel really good. And she goes, well, I've been giving you this stuff, and it was the Extendivite. And you know that I'm about 75% better. I can actually climb stairs now, and I can get up out of chairs. I can, I can even get down, and, you know, I got to work under a table or a computer table and work on a computer. I can actually get back up off the floor. You know what? It's an amazing product. I can't believe I didn't think anything short of having surgery was going to help. Extendivite is only $69.95 for a two-month supply of either capsules or liquid. Call now. That's 1-877-928-8822 or visit heartdrop.com. Extend your life with ExtendoVite. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now... Here's Gene Steinberg. So this, Paul, you know, is like some kind of epiphany on steroids. In some cases, yeah. I think very often what you bring to a paranormal event or, or experience very much determines how you experience that experience, so to speak. You know, in other words, uh, one example, uh, September 16th, 2016, I'm sitting up in this field where I was playing the music several years later when I, before we saw the UFO. And uh, I was there, um, it was kind of cold. I was expecting strange lights because the previous May we'd been there and seen a lot of strange lights. And I had cameras set up in the back of my truck for that and all this business. And you think after all these decades of doing this, I would realize these things never happen the way you expect them to. So why did, why would, you know, but anyway, uh, all of a sudden off to my right, uh, it was um, pretty late with it. It wasn't, well, it wasn't that late. It was after 11, it was very dark, but it was a brilliant moonlit night. You could see this figure moving up about 200 uh, feet away, moving up with uh, huge legs and brown fur, you know, moving up and down. I uh, remember the knees and the legs and the head was bowed as if looking for something in the tall grass. I felt privileged. I felt honored. It was almost a holy experience. Now, before I even enter a field or anything like that, I always say a little prayer and I ask permission to enter with respect and love. And maybe that's why 
at least not since the poltergeist days and the exorcism stuff, you know, for many years, uh, nothing really bad has uh, come into my paranormal experiences. I've had a lot of them, you know, and uh, many of which I, I've never talked about. But a little girl, probably 100 yards from that very spot, uh, about a year later, had uh, an experience that was terrifying to her, a very a similar creature, at least by the description that her parents gave us. And she was completely terrified and traumatized. And to this day, she won't talk to us. We have neighborhood meetings in this area where you know 30 to 35 people will show up and every single one of them has had Bigfoot experiences and uh, strange lights in the sky. Uh, we even interviewed one uh, family of three generations who had all were talking about stuff from way back, stuff that, that had happened um, to them and their family, particularly regarding Bigfoot and lights. So this little girl has yet to talk to us. She's still, maybe it's these, you know, weird guys from New England with beards. I don't know. But I hope at least by the time she grows up, she'll talk to us because I'd like to hear the story. But the point is that maybe she expected something negative and got something negative out of it. I never expect anything negative unless I know it's a parasite. And even then, you express compassion to them and some interesting things happen. So anyway, maybe it's what you bring to it. I don't know. Okay. This is really interesting. We've, we've hit on like the idea of children, young people a number of times here. And it seems to me that young people do have these really bizarre experiences and that we should pay more attention to them, like more serious attention, because I don't think that in all of these cases, it's just children's wild imaginations. I worked with a, a woman uh, when I was doing landscaping who swears that when she was a young child, and this goes back to the thing with trees and the field, she would go out into a field where there was this tree. And she swears that she could float around it and fly around this tree and come back down. And she used to play there. And she confided in me this because I had mentioned that I was interested in UFOs. And she felt that it was safe to talk to me about it. So, hmm. you know, why young people? Why, why does it go away when we grow up? I, I think that's a beautiful story, first of all. Well, I think that it's it's educated out of us. And, and one of the benefits of being a father-son team is that people tend to think you're a good parent. <laughs> I hope I am, you know. But, uh, you know, we've got letters, you know, emails from all over the world. You know, I, I wish I had anything in common with my son, you know, and you're lucky, you know, and, and I am. Well, we, we've done shows, uh, not lately, but from the, from the father-son perspective. For example, always listen to your children. There have been many cases where, you know, the, the parents, uh, things are happening, they're trying to hide it from the kids. I said, they know. Don't try to hide it from your children, you know. And it has always been a positive thing when the whole family gets together and, and they say what they, they've uh, experienced. And very often they haven't talked to each other about it, especially in parasite cases. You've got to bring people together. Because the positive energy will displace the negative energy and will, will cut off the food supply for the parasite. We call it the Peter Pan theory. You know, think happy thoughts. It really works, you know? Yeah. I think there's something to it. There's, there's, yeah. Yeah. I was going to, how do you know? And Okay, and now, Anna, you'll have to forgive me here. I, I'm going to sort of switch to my more, was it left brain, logical, rash? How do you know that these aren't actually genuine personality disorder problems with people though well th that comes up in the next book too because uh for example you know at, at wadham's hall seminary it doesn't sound like a catholic seminary but it was augsburg new york 1973 and 74 uh the academic dean there who was a great priest he's still alive but he had a degree a master's in psychology he set up special courses for me uh in abnormal psychology precisely 
to be able to tell who was having paranormal experiences and who was bonkers. But it turned out it's not that simple. In the psychiatric ward there, uh, depending on you know when I was there and who, who I was talking to, a lot of people had been diagnosed with schizophrenia. And there were a lot more inpatients than there are today. But, you know, you'd look into the eyes of these people, some of them, and there would be the most knowing look. And they were literally living, I was convinced, in real worlds, as opposed to some sort of chemical imbalance in the brain. Now, in ensuing years, I spoke to groups of psychiatrists on this twice. And I would mention this in the public forum. And, you know, the steam would come out of the ears and their eyes would turn red, you know, because this goes against what they were talking about. <laughs> But very often they'd come up, uh, some of them anyway, uh, at the end and say, you know, I've often suspected that that's the case. These people are really experiencing actual worlds. But if I said that, I'd lose my job. So there's a lot of politics in science and in medicine. And uh, a lot of people who feel they can't give the, the, the impressions of what they might. I could because I wasn't a doctor. I was, you know, just, and, uh, you know, I always approach this. And I always make it clear. I'm not a scientist. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a licensed counselor, but I am a journalist because when they threw me out of the seminary, the only other thing I could do was write. And, and I, I wormed my way into journalism and it worked somehow. So I'm an editor at a Metro daily paper and everything else. So I've got a lot of experience at it. So presumably I'm at least a trained observer. Uh, even if I'm, I'm not competent to judge the the uh, the entire nature of what's happening in a medical situation or whatever, so um, I think children and, and people who are supposedly crazy are, uh, in many cases, uh, very. Well, they have some things in common, don't they? Really, when you think about it, you know, the children's brains are just early development. They're certainly yep. going through a lot of changes and perhaps open to to different sorts of stimuli and uh, all of the neurons in there are firing in different ways. Is, yep. And so are people who have just personality disorders. They're just, you know, maybe it's like, a, I don't know if you've seen, ever seen that movie K-Pax, but maybe there's some kind of Once, yeah. way that they do see into something else or see other things. Like some people see auras and other people don't, you know? Sure. Well, the, the little boy in that uh, case where the thing coming out of the tree, Ashwar, he has now uh, grown. He's, he's now, um, I believe he's 13, and he's a wonderful young man. And because his family knows all about this, they have not educated him out of it. They, they haven't given him any uh, you know, stimulus response uh, reason to stop. And, and, and he has developed, I think, a very balanced approach, and he's still sort of in touch with other worlds in a multiversal sense. And uh, he's, he's a great young man. I think that that's an example of what can happen when these things are not uh, forcibly educated out of us. Ben, too, uh, obviously grew up with, with the likes of me. And, you know, he grew up listening to my lectures. He and his brother would come and sell books. And uh, since, since he could talk, he would talk about what, uh, to me, amounted to parallel lives, different battles he was in or different experiences he had. A little kid, or the one-year-old, maybe a little older, you know, and and uh, it was right, uh, right now. I don't know, natural for him, totally natural. Well, that's some pretty amazing stuff. I, I mean, you know, some of us are lucky in life to have, you know, a few or even even one significant paranormal experience. And it sounds like you've had several, and that you and your son have shared some of them, and. I think that's absolutely fantastic that you have the kind of relationship where you can do that and experience some of those things together because those kinds of experiences are, they've got to, to be, act as glue to bond you guys together so much. Let's break it here, guys. We'll talk more about the relationship father and son with Gene, Randall, and Paul. You're in the Paracast. 
of the Rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill a minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Jake was in big trouble with the IRS. He owed how much? $92,000. Ouch. And the IRS left no room for Jake to breathe. They put a lien on my house, took all the money out of my bank account, took money out of my paychecks. So it was a nightmare. He needed help fast. I figured that all these companies were the same until I called federal tax management. You could just tell they knew what they were talking about. Right then and there, I felt like I had some hope. Stop the liens, levies, and garnishments fast and qualify for one of several special IRS programs that could reduce or even eliminate your tax debt. So, how'd it go for Jake? They did what they said they would do. They came through for me. I ended up saving an unbelievable amount. I was so jazzed. (laughs) I was extremely happy. If you owe more than $10,000 in back taxes... Take Jake's advice. Give federal tax management a phone call. If they help me, they can help anybody. Call the federal tax management hotline now. 800-503-8625. Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists. Get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and sling bows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of Slingbow. A new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. Tahibo Tea Club's original pure Pau Arco Super Tea comes from the only tree in the world that fungus doesn't grow on. So it naturally has antifungal, antiviral, antibacterial, anti-infection, anti-inflammation, and anti-parasite properties. But maybe more importantly, Tahibo Tea Club's original pure Pau Arco Super Tea builds corpuscles in the blood which carry oxygen to our organs and cells. Our organs and cells need oxygen to regenerate themselves. The immune system needs oxygen to develop, and cancer happens to die in oxygen. The tea is great for healthy people, and it can truly be miraculous for someone fighting a potentially life-threatening disease due to an infection, diabetes, or cancer. Tahibo Tea Club's original Pure Pau Arco Super Tea is only $34.95 plus shipping. Order now at ShopSuperTea.com or call 818-984-6100. That's ShopSuperTea.com or call 818-984-6100. ShopSuperTea.com. This is George Dory from Coast to Coast AM and History Channel's Ancient Aliens. We support the amazing energy, nutrition, and skincare products from Jeunesse. Jeunesse products are designed by leading doctors in their field with natural ingredients and even stem cell technology. These products help your body perform and look better. Shop Jeunesse at GCNLife.com or call 1-844-443-6637. GCNLife.com or 844-443-6637. 
We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Getting back with Paul Eno, mentioning the father and son discussion, and then we'll get back to what Randall says. My son and I, as our listeners know, his name is Grayson. When he was going to high school, when he went off to college, of course, he did his own thing. We wrote a book together, a sci-fi book, and then the second one. And we made public appearances, and we completed each other's sentences. Really. Yeah. Really close relationship. And I kind of sort of think here that if the child is developing something, if the parent tries to straighten them out, or the school teacher tries to straighten them out, whatever abilities they may have, they lose. I think you're right. Yeah. This is the the paradox. The multiverse is full of paradoxes. And one of them is, you know, we have to live where we live and and fulfill our responsibilities and get along. But at the same time, uh, we have to be honest to our own consciousness. We have to be faithful to that and realize that, you know, we're, we're a, a multifaceted beings and we're all kind of really united. And we certainly have ourselves. One of the problems, um, of course, with this in, in the psychiatric hospitals that, that I saw anyway, uh, were that, um, you know, people, if, if they attempted to be faithful to their own awareness, were diagnosed with this or that uh, psychosis, particularly schizophrenia, and we're placed on a bunch of, especially today, you're placed on a bunch of antipsychotic drugs, which does no good and is often uh, exploited, I think, by parasites sometimes. So it's 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 a matter of um, maybe a society is developing more awareness uh, as compared to what it used to, and uh, maybe uh, they'll lighten up on that a little bit, and um, maybe the people will be more able to be their full selves than have been in the past. I don't know. I think just just as I think we're making some strides, we realize that we're really not. It's just the different forms of the same baloney in society. And I was, I know, but be that as it may, I think that uh, it, it's a dilemma for all of us, you know. Well, that's true. I mean, I, I can't help but think that, uh, you know, we're over-medicated and that, you know, since when in the history of children have they never been hyperactive to begin with, you know, or exactly. not completely paying attention to everything at every moment that they should. It's a natural part of their development, it seems to me. And that, you know, you're trying to medicate them out of that. It, I don't know. It just doesn't sound right, but I'm not a medical professional. So, you know, who am I to, and I mean, I'm sure there's some cases where it's probably, you know, the use of certain medications is beneficial and so on, and that people really need them in order to maintain a balanced life. But uh, I don't know, I just, it it doesn't sit with me with when people just prescribe some kind of medication for every little problem. Yeah, that's not right either. Of course, you know, you have to realize that everything essentially, you know, fortunately or unfortunately comes down to bucks, whether it be science, medicine or whatever. And, you know, curing diseases does not make as much money as treating the symptoms. So unfortunately, we're all kind of victims of that. And it's one of the, I guess, necessary evils if you're going to have a society like this. So, but I, but again, I think it's well put, Randall, that, that uh, you know, people are overmedicated and this sort of thing. There, there are more natural methods, and and I think the most the most nat- natural method is all of all is for uh, the love between a parent and a child, no matter what ages they are. As um, Gene was saying, you know, it it you complete each other's sentences, 
And I think that that goes a lot deeper than just verbal communication. You know, I think you, you just complete each other, period. Very often, I think, and, and that, that hopefully will move on to a spouse at some point, but it starts with mother and child and, and uh, or father and child or whatever. Mine isn't speaking to me right now. I love him and miss him very much if he ever listens to any of this, but, and I hope someday we work it out, but it's, uh, right now we're just taking a break. Yeah. Well, you know, it's best to keep it simple. We we did one show. We decided it was one of our early shows on on, on our current station WON in, in the Northern Rhode Island that we would do a show on teen suicide because there have been a lot of questions that they come in and we found them very disconcerting. Like if this multiverse thing is true, can I just you know uh, pop myself off and come up in a better world? <laughs> That's really not how it works. And we figured we'd better do a show on it. So. Uh, Ben uh, spoke from the viewpoint of a, a teenager, which he was at the time. Yeah, you know, he went to a private school, and you know, was, we we sacrificed to send him there. But there were still issues with you know teens thinking about suicide. You know, uh, from the parents' point of view, uh, I, I expressed that and said, you know, listen to your kids; they probably are smarter than you are. You know, and because uh, this stuff hasn't been educated out of them, et cetera, et cetera. Well, we we did that show, and it, it was one of the most listened to shows in the whole time we've been on the air and it was back in 09 and what one of the local listeners uh was uh, got in touch with us and said she had been in her car listening to the show on the way back from the supermarket and her daughter to whom she had not spoken in three days was listening at home and they both were kind of you know touched by what we said somehow they, the the mother went into the house and they flew into each other's arms and they forgot all uh, their, their difficult. That's such an awesome know. story. I said, you know, maybe we had a pretty, pretty good day that day. You know, yeah. hopefully, even if you touch somebody, anybody, you do some good. It's good. So, you know, the father son thing can be very, very helpful. I think to to many, and then most of all to ourselves. Now, one of the things I want to mention here, of course, we're medicating our children with antidepressants, anti-anxiety medicine. If you look at the contraindications, as doctors call it, the possible side effects, one of the biggest ones is the potential danger of suicide. So you wonder, teens who commit suicide, how many of them were on one of these drugs and the parents didn't pay attention, maybe. Quite a few, I dare say. Well, the whole point of the suicide background to the thing was that, that, that I was a victim of it in a way because my father committed suicide and I was there. It's a, obviously very difficult to talk about, but I talk about it in the book. Now that's heavy. And, yeah. And I was seven years old. And what was I supposed to do? So uh, obviously defining moment in my life. But then I, I kind of have considered that from a paranormal point of view. And uh, I think that if... Uh, so-called death is a uh we call it a translation it's a very ancient theological term we don't say death we say someone translated but translated to what i think if you commit an act like suicide you know th- that is not the result of of complete derangement or some kind it can be a very selfish act and an act of great arrogance in a way if you really think about it and, and you could and i i have met people who have committed suicides who are in worlds of utter aloneness. It's like, you know, be careful what you wish for. It's an act of utter aloneness and they end up in worlds of utter aloneness. And it can be helped. It can be fixed. But um, this is the time when, when there's some sort of uh, help, I suppose, is required and at least some uh, compassion and that sort of thing. And I've had a, a number of cases uh, in which um, 
I believe I was in touch with people who were contemplating suicide wherever or whenever they were. And I like to think that maybe I, I helped encourage them not, not to do it. Yeah. Don't, don't, well, um, I think a lot of probably young people, and especially in their teens, again, you know, their hormones are raging and their yeah. brain is changing and they think, they think quite differently and have different reactions to the world. And they're trying to literally find their way through that. And, and I think it's probably fairly common for, for them to contemplate it. Sorry, we're right in the middle okay. of the break. All right. Here's how it goes. We didn't mean to interrupt Randall, but we have to. That's how the business works. Randall, Gene, and Paul, you're in. The Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Most of you know that heart disease is the number one silent killer in the U.S. What if I told you for just $54.95 a month you could fight against heart disease naturally? At Heart and Body Extract, we've been helping thousands of people get back to a healthier heart. Don't just take my word for it. Check out all of the success stories at hbextract.com. Or to order, call 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. hbextract.com. Don't risk it when you can take charge of it. Fellow patriots, my name is Todd Savage, founder of BlackRifleRealEstate.com. Like you, I was a prisoner of the alt-left sanctuary state until one day I chose to lead my family to freedom. Today we live on a sustainable 20-acre homestead where we shoot, hunt, garden, and homeschool our children without the tyranny of the nanny state looking over us. If you're ready to flee the city to the freedom of Idaho or Montana, our Black Rifle Real Estate team is here to help. Go to BlackRifleRealEstate.com. That's BlackRifleRealEstate.com. USA Radio News with Wendy King. Another strong earthquake has hit California, a magnitude 7.1. Kern County Supervisor Mick Gleason says they're getting all the help they can handle. I've talked with the governor. I've talked with the White House. I've talked with both states about the uh, federal senators or Kamala Harris and Diane Feinstein. Everybody's pitching in, helping. We have declared an emergency in the city of Ridgecrest. We're declaring an emergency in the county of Kern. Seismologist Lucy Jones says the shaking is likely to continue. The last time we've had earthquakes of this size, we were seeing significant aftershocks for more than a year. The town of Ridgecrest was near the epicenter. Mayor Peggy Breeden. Many of them have experienced something that is very traumatic, somewhat unknown to most of them. I know that it is a difficult situation, but they're fearful to be in their homes. This is USA Radio News. Balance of Nature, changing the world one life at a time. You guys have a great product, and I tell my friends about it, and I was actually talking to a guy the other day I just met, and he, he takes them. So you put out a great product, and I want to thank you and your, your organization. I just started using it, and my family's already seen the difference. And I have uh, health issues. I have fibromyalgia, asthma, but all of a sudden everything's clearing up, and I'm feeling better, and my skin's better. My brother said I look 10 years younger already. Wow. Okay. My vision is clear. I already see the difference. People are seeing the difference, and my doctor's seeing the difference. 
Experience the balance of nature difference for yourself. For a limited time, you can receive a 30% discount and free shipping on your first preferred order of balance of nature. Call 800-2468-751 or go to balanceofnature.com and use discount code USA. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow. And like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat. I would flip flop all night long. I would wake up with a sore neck, maybe a headache, or feel like I needed a nap, even though I slept eight hours. When I invented my pillow, I wanted it to where you could move the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. My pillow will get you into that deep REM sleep faster, and you will stay there longer. It's not about how much time we spend in bed; it's about how much of that quality sleep we get. I do all of my own manufacturing right here in the United States. I have a 10-year warranty. You can wash and dry my pillow, and I give you a 60-day money-back guarantee so you have nothing to lose. And here's my best offer ever. You can buy one of my pillows and get one absolutely free. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-870-0305 and use promo code GCN. That's MyPillow.com or 800-870-0305 with promo code GCN. Hi, this is Bryce Abel. I'm the producer of Dark Skies, the co-author of AD After Disclosure, and you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Randall, as you know, the clock on the wall says stop, and we stop. It's all computerized. We are all computerized. Seriously, continue. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't know if anyone would be interested, but uh, and I, I don't share this that often. But I know that I did contemplate suicide when I was in my early twenties, quite seriously. And it's really interesting what you say about the point about it being a selfish thing, because in my case, I was working on the railway out in British Columbia in, in Glacier National Park in the middle of a beautiful national forest and my thinking was you know that what is really wrong with the world is that well there's too many people and the world would probably be a better place if there were less of them and i thought that if nobody was really going to miss me it would be you know i would be one less person contributing my garbage pile to the world and and that was my reasoning it wasn't out of selfishness it was about giving myself for the world and it was at that moment that i had what was then what you could call a complete religious type of experience uh, you know something some sort of jungian archetypal experience i mean literally the the forest went silent and everything started to glow and i heard a voice in the forest i mean i i've never told anybody this uh, on air before but it it saved me. And what saved me was when I asked this voice, you know, I talked and I said, well, I'll be seeing you soon if you're God or whatever it was. And I said, well, you don't have to do that. And I said, why not? And it said, because you're worth more alive. And the truth of that just went right through me. And I don't know if that can help anyone else out there, but that's what saved me. I think it's a very wonderful and important point. You know, even if something seems to be a, a magnanimous act of self-immolation, you know, and, and I have some military experience and uh, in, in, in the combat situation, that same thing arises. 
strangely enough, you know, to save your friends. I, I don't like to talk much about that, but it's, uh, these kinds yeah. of experiences that seem to bring about them. It's, it seems to be the acts of sacrifice that bring about these spirit, these experiences, yeah. right? Exactly. I think so. Yeah. And th- these are, these are the moments at which we uh, can learn the most if we approach it in the right way, I guess, but uh, they're all very visceral. You don't think about it. You just experience it sometimes, you know? So I, I but I think that that's, uh, that's really it's funny. I, I can just picture, um, you out there working on the dear old, what must've been the Canadian Pacific or the Canadian national. Yeah. yeah, yeah and, CP uh, rail right out yeah, in the middle yeah, of Glacier, yeah. Glacier national park. Oh, just beautiful. Yeah. And it was, uh, it was, that was anyway, that was one of my paranormal experiences. So, but let's yeah. hear more about yours. And, <laughs> uh, it's really cool to be able to share them with, and for some reason I felt like I could share that with you. Well, I don't know why it just, you just brought that out in me today. So, you know, thanks for, helping with that anyway but uh thank you what are some of your more amazing uh experiences that have really sort of enlightened you all right well there there was one um i'm thinking of um back in the uh my seminary days uh it was um something that i I suppose you would you would call there's a there's a there's a section in the book about you know what what ghosts have to say about god Okay, and that's a little simplistic, but it, it's pretty, uh, you know, interesting from the viewpoint of uh, people think that they're they're uh, you you die and you you know are in some spiritual state and you go to heaven or, or somewhere else or hell, and uh, it's as simple as that. Now, you, I've listened to a bunch of mediums uh, making public presentations, and it's uh, really bizarre uh, some of the things. Oh, she's cooking up a storm, and this you know and. Uh, the, the woman next to me said, so you have to cook and have, you know, I mean, all, it's a very it's sort of almost cartoonish view of, uh, of heaven. <clears throat> One of the more sobering ones was um, uh, a situation in 2007. And I remember I got an email from a man we weren't on the air yet, but, uh, he, you know, people would, you know, just read some, some of the books and get in touch uh, from Wisconsin. And uh, I'd been on somebody else's radio show the night before. He said, if I can Oh, okay, I have the quote right here. 28 years ago, my friend killed himself. On the day of his funeral, he came to me in a dream and told me that he was going to have to spend a long time in purgatory because God was mad at him. He and I were not Catholic. This really shook me up. So I called a minister I knew and told him what happened. He said that strangely, a woman had just called him with the same story about the same person. I am now a Catholic. Remember that the only truth is Christ Jesus. Unquote. All right. I mean, th- this this really struck me because um, uh, in 1970, my, my first approach to my first case was maybe these earthbound spirits are souls in purgatory. So I was sort of Catholicizing it, you know. Right. <laughs> so yeah. Already, yeah. That's already it. in the seminar. You know, the Warrens actually, that's how I got to know them. I wrote something about that. And a few years later, uh, Lorraine Warren thought that was a cool idea. And that's how I got to know them. But uh, when I first got to this this uh, first uh, case, which was in a bunch of overgrown woods, it wasn't a house or anything. It had been unoccupied for many, many years. You'd hear people talking, dogs barking, farm implements banging together, dog, again, cows mooing, as, you know, as if it was a normal day. I mean, these, these people didn't seem like spirits at all. They didn't seem that they were dead at all, never mind the purgatory. So that was the genesis of a lot of my goofy ideas was right then and there in the very first case. Interesting. Uh, sorry, yeah. I, I tend to think or comment out loud sometimes when I shouldn't. That's really That's cool. Great. 
Yeah. And th- then there was another c- case. And th- this is one of the ones where I, I did this thing. Uh, it was uh, November 76. And uh, I met a, uh, a quote unquote ghost who was convinced that God hated him. Okay. But there was a lot more to it than that. I was um, 23 at the time. I had joined the Eastern Orthodox Church, as I mentioned earlier, and uh, to the everlasting shock of my uh, Catholic and Protestant relatives, including the Warrens. But in the fall of 75, uh, I moved right into the graduate studies uh, at that St. Vladimir Seminary, as I mentioned. And there was a, um, uh, an interesting, interesting experience that occurred during my final year there. Now, on weekends, a lot of the seminary, you know, we'd kind of fan out over the New York area to help out in parishes and that kind of thing. And uh, there was one Sunday that a little a Russian lady came trotting over to me, one of the Russian Orthodox churches, and she said, oh, that nice young man said, you know about ghosts. I said, oh, my God, I was on thin ice as it was, and I could have killed my, my friend. And he was over there smiling. Uh-huh. So, uh, this turned out to be um, the, the young, um, well, not a young couple, but an older couple from Yonkers, New York. And uh, she had the good old Russian name of Luba, and uh, his, her husband's name was Jack. And uh, they had uh, they were empty nesters, and uh, were having a lot of funny sounds in their attic. Uh, so I said, "All right, I'll come over." So I ended up spending the better part of three um, uh, long evenings in the attic, uh, getting into my meditative state, as I described a little bit earlier. And you just, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm not trying to, you know, be a medium here or anything, and just uh, just wait to see what comes along. They sniff uh, a parasite within a mile, I'm out of there. But uh, very often there'll be presences and, and just people passing by in parallel worlds, and that's how I interpreted it. And uh, th- that's essentially pretty much what I did. Because the, the guy, Jack, was convinced it was the guy who committed suicide in the house like eight years before or out in the garage or somewhere. And, uh, you know, I said, you know, that's it's not about dead people because I couldn't really explain. I didn't really know myself at that point. This is only the mid-70s. So I was kind of taking it a step at a time. So it was the second night of this kind of vigil I was keeping in the attic there. And I was about to give up. And I, it was a little after 8 p.m., and all at once, there was this big electrical tingle that just flooded over me. And that happens to me a lot uh, in situations where there, there's the presence of a... Oh, of a, you get that too. I, I've been like wondering for like about the last three or four years, what the hell is it? Am I, is it just because I'm getting older or is it, am I getting scanned by some... You well, know, I was 23, all, so it wasn't age. Yeah, weird. Uh, okay. So, so. Yeah, at least to me, it seems to be the electromagnetic presence of world of a world boundary. Because when if you start taking pictures at that point, you get a lot of orbs, which I think some of them at least are, are, are living uh, things that feed around world boundaries. And uh, but that that's me. Final segment with Randall, Paul, and Gene. You're in the Paracast. for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap, but not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com slash host. Once again, that's technightowl.com slash host.
First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Would you like to get back that full head of hair from years past? Now, there is Reveal. Beverly Hills celebrity dermatologist Dr. Nathan Newman took nearly a decade to develop Reveal from natural botanicals to return to a full-body head of hair. Reveal for men and women with a 30-day money-back guarantee at GCNLife.com or toll-free 844-443-6637. 844-443-6637. Reveal at GCNLife.com. By now you know that wireless technology like cell phones do in fact pose dangers to the health and privacy of everyone. Blocket Pocket's wide range of products are unmatched in providing the protection you deserve. No scare tactics, just common sense. BlockitPocket.com offers quality American-made options to alleviate and eliminate these invisible dangers. Learn more at BlockitPocket.com or call 888-315-9618. BlockitPocket.com, enhancing health and privacy. Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists. Get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and slingbows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of Slingbow, a new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with Reputation Defender. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with Reputation Defender. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with Reputation Defender. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but soon you'll need a plan and place to survive. Forget bunkers. You're not a live underground gopher. You need survivalist camps, the ultimate fully functional off-the-grid mobile survival bug-out house that's well-equipped and custom-built to outlast any other RV or trailer. Bold statement? You bet. See them now at survivalistcamps.com. That's survivalistcamps.com. Trust your family's survival to survivalistcamps.com. This is Jacques Vallée, and you're listening to the podcast, The Gold Standard of Paranormal Radio. You know, this is such fascinating discussion. I interrupted you, Paul. Please continue. 
Okay. Essentially, push came to shove. I seemed to be in contact with a man who seemed a lot more frightened of me than I did of him. I couldn't really see him, although the, the spatial relationships in these experiences are very interesting. Sometimes they'll be up by the ceiling. Sometimes beyond the ceiling, if it's an attic, they'll be kind of like outside. But And they'll see me in different places. It's very strange. This man was very frightened, and he thought I was a ghost. And I assured him I was not. He was a, he was in a stone church in Virginia, so he said. And he saw this mist out of which my voice was coming. All right. And uh, I said, I'm in Yonkers, New York. I still hadn't quite figured out, you know, how could this be? Who, what am I really talking to and how is this working? And they said his name was Bob. To make a long story short, he essentially had said he had remembered being in an airplane that was in trouble. That, now, here with the classic ghost thing, like, okay, maybe it's on a plane crash. He doesn't know what happened unfinished business or some other stuff like that. But I felt, I felt there was more to it. What was he doing in a stolen church? And he said he'd been, I assured him I was just somebody in New York. I was not a ghost. I wasn't dead. He said he'd been living off food because he couldn't get out of the building. He'd been living off food in the parish basement, the church basement, where there was some kind of hall and kitchen. I mean, what was a ghost have to eat for? You know, I mean, what was this about? But as we spoke, his memory changed. We did two nights of this. And as we spoke, began to forget about this, this airplane problem. And as a matter of fact, I looked, there had been no crashes of any small planes or even large planes in that area for many years. And he, uh, he began to assume the identity almost of someone who belonged where he was. I suddenly knew a few things about me that he hadn't known. I hadn't mentioned that I was a seminarian. And he said, well, you, you, you seem a little bit confused for a seminarian. I said, well, confused so by the end of the conversation after the second night i heard uh, a stone uh, i should say uh, a, a huge wooden door open and apparently the choir had arrived for choir practice and bob turned out to be the uh, the rector of this episcopal church and he kind of like forgot about me and went off i mean well, I, I had never even imagined things like this before you know wow. And by the late 70s, I was kind of getting used to it, but it was each one of these is very different. But I can see where an ordinary, some kind of a medium, and this actually happened in, in the state hospital, where the medium was a, not a psych patient, but it was a, you know, a state hospital, you can have medical patients as well. The guy is, um, you know, here, he's waiting for his, his wife to die, he's going to take her home. That, that's the standard spiritualist, dead people thing of, you know, all our loved ones would be waiting for us. I mean, maybe that's true. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. But uh, in this case, this this guy was nothing like dead. He was translating, as we would say, from one life to another. It just where it was that he was already living in a parallel reality where he already was this Bob or Pastor Bob or Reverend Bob or Rector Bob or whatever. You know, so I mean, it's just like it was a real learning experience. And if I was interpreting it correctly, it was quite uh, quite quite the experience. It sure does make you think, that's for sure. I mean, about the nature of reality, exactly. personality, consciousness, who we are, what is the universe in the first place? And I really find it interesting where you use the word translation because it fits a lot with what some of you know, the direction of my thinking has been where what we're in is perhaps some kind of grand uh, simulation and that we're all sort of data points and that if we consist of uh, some sort of data points, then it's not like, you know, when we die and we could be resurrected, but we wouldn't be our same selves. We'd be copies. And so the whole idea of translating 
instead of uh, some sort of con- continuity seems to make a lot more sense to me. You know, you can see how, say, transitioning from one, say, film strip plate image to, to the next takes several steps. And it's all about data and points and, and, and cha- with changing that way. And yeah. I can see how it could all be possible if this is really all run by some grand, uh, you know, for lack of a better term, supercomputer somehow. You yeah, know, all of this stuff right. would be possible. Well, you're talking about the holographic theory, you know, yeah, which is, I think the other side of the coin from the multiverse theory, I think it's six of one half dozen of the other. But uh, the interesting thing with the holographic theory is, is uh, you know, who's doing the projecting, who or what, you know. Right. <laughs> well, me. I mean, we could still have multiverses in it. You know, there could sure, be, sure. you could think of it as like, say, if you, if I don't know if you're familiar with the Windows machine or most modern computers have a file system and then they have folders. And then so sure. you could have each folder, you know, you have universe one, universe two universe three and sometimes things get cut and paste back and forth between them yeah, or they get translated yeah. moved from one to the other in some way yeah, or exactly it's like but, using photoshop you know you see the jpegs the, all you see are the jpegs and the, the tiffs maybe are in there but you don't see them unless you have the setting so it's a, yeah it's a very good analogy actually yeah i mean it would explain a lot but yeah. then again this is my sort of rational side of my brain going you know i believe this stuff happens yeah, I mean, we've gone way out there today <laughs> on the show. Oh, yeah. But I mean, the truth is, is that people have these experiences and they can't be written off so simply as just somebody's uh, malfunctioning nervous system. Very true. You know, there's something else going on. And I think that the real mystery in life is trying to find that out. Yes, I agree. Yeah, it's, a, it's probably the greatest adventure. And as, as Ben and I always say, it's the first day of school. So what are you guys up to next then? Have you got some talks coming up or oh yeah, we, okay. or anything? You better tell us about those before uh, you know the show is over today. People can find out behind the paranormal.com. There's a, a page of public events on it, and there's all kinds of stuff lined up starting in uh, July all the way through uh, next April. Uh, the biggest ones are, are, and probably our favorite event of the year, is the uh, Exeter UFO Festival uh, run by the Kiwanis Club in Exeter, New Hampshire for children's charities. And uh, we've been going there since it started, and we do a live broadcast from there on a Sunday in our 12 to 1 slot and with the panel of the speakers, and uh, it should be a lot of fun. Then in October, Columbus Day weekend in the U.S., it's going to be uh, the Greater New England UFO Conference in Lemonster, Mass. And I, I've been told I'm the MC this year in honor of 50 years in paranormal service, if you will. Well, just, you've just been informed, <laughs> have you? <laughs> yeah. So just check out the website, and all our stuff is in there, and uh, a lot of talks here and there. And then the new book is just just by me, which gave me a chance to dedicate it to Ben, and it's uh, be, it's uh, coming out from Schiffer at the end of uh, of August of uh, 2019 here, and it's uh, Dancing Past the Graveyard, Poltergeist, Parasites, Parallel Worlds, and God. So Dancing Past the Graveyard, and that's uh, that's got a lot of the stories I mentioned tonight in it. So we're really glad to have had you on really fascinating session. We do appreciate the fact that we spent a little time with Ben and hopefully we can get him back real soon. Great. You can find us if you you look for the Paracast on Twitter. Once again, that's the Paracast on Twitter. On Facebook, you know, obviously the security is kind of touchy. We have two official Paracast fan clubs. One's a community. One's a group. Paul, do you know the difference? A community and a group. Yes, I, I think so. Community is far more intimate than a group. 
tell me what the difference is. Well, I don't know one's ever asked me that before. A group can be a bunch, you know, a group of squirrels or something eating nuts together, but th- their community is something that implies a certain amount of commonality. It even comes from that word, you know. A group can be just anybody. As you mentioned earlier, we have a second radio show. It's called After the Paracast, means what it says. It can be a wrap-up show. It can be a continuation of the interview. It can be a totally separate interview. And we've been featuring William Puckett as our special correspondent on After the Paracast. He is a top-notch UFO investigator, an atmospheric scientist, meaning he's a weatherman, worked for the EPA and everything. He knows his stuff, and he always comes on with some recent UFO sightings, some not so recent, such as a case a while back from 2005, in which a woman was apparently injured when in close proximity to a UFO. Really, really fascinating stuff. The only way to get that show, the only way to download that show is to become a member of the Powercast Plus. To find out more, go to plus, P-L-U-S dot theparacast.com. We also offer a special version of this show, better quality audio, free of the network ads. So all those ad breaks I mentioned, it'll just go to a bumper and a second of silence. Isn't that spectacular? Our price, $1.49, cheap, plus.theparacast.com. Paul Eno, thanks for joining us on the Paracast this week. Thank you so much. Uh, it was great to be with you, Gene and Randall. Featuring Gene Steinberg is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in the Paracast. <laughs>